Hello. Welcome to the Wise Guy Show. This is Rob, and we have a special guest today for you. That special guest is the brilliant meme artist extraordinaire at Made by Jim Bob or Jim Bob. He came on the show and graced us with our longest interview ever. It was a fun and rolling conversation. We talked about we talked about everything, pretty much, pretty much everything about him, where he's from, um, why he started doing awesome cartoons and putting them on Instagram, and then we talked about the culture, politics. Pretty much solved all the questions that the world has to this point, or something along those lines. Um, no, we had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun, and so I will let you listen to that. To the to, I will let that. I will let you listen as soon as you hear from our sponsor. That's right, Strike Force Energy, people. Strike Force Energy is a delicious energy drink that you can put into any beverage. It comes in a little tin pouch and it comes in multiple flavors: orange, lemon, grape, make America grape again, and original. Anyways, it's delicious. It'll get your let up if you're feeling a little sluggish. Trust me, I use it every day. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com and use the promo code BlueEyeMafia to get yourself 20% off. Also, Jim Bob, our guest, has a fantastic, cool book out. A conversation starter. A centerpiece to your living room, your coffee table. It's called Savage Memes. Savage Memes. And it's a collection of his favorite art from his Instagram, including memes that are no longer available because they were banned by the technocrats. And also some other ones that he's never posted anywhere. That's right. Exclusive content. And you can get that at madebyjimbob.com. And if you use the code LIBERTY, you will get free shipping. I highly advise that you add this important work of art, this literary masterpiece, to your collection to trigger all of your more sensitive family and friends that come over. It's kind of like wearing a MAGA hat, but a hundred pages long, and you will get enjoyment out of it, too. Anyways, check that out. Madebyjimbob.com. Use the promo code LIBERTY. To get yourself free shipping. And now I will shut up and I will let you get to this wonderful man and his brilliant ideas. All right. And we are live with Made by Jim Bob. Hello. You can, you don't have to say Made by Jim Bob every time you address me. I can go by Jim Bob for the, for the well, podcast. It's kind of <laughs> like meeting the Pope, though. You don't yeah, go. Yeah. You don't call him Mr. Francis. You call him right. your exactly. holiness. Holiness. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, dude. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. So, just right off the bat, uh, just tell us about yourself a little bit. Where are you from? Like, what do you do? I saw that you make jewelry, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I was uh, born and raised upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains, about an hour below Albany in a little ski resort town called Hunter, town of about 2,000 people, one stoplight kind of deal. Oh, damn. Yeah, graduating class of like 
31. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so real, real small town. <laughs> yeah, tiny. Uh, so I really embraced my, uh, my artistic side, I think, early uh, because we just didn't have that many books available. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I grew up there. I was a, pretty much a hick. You know, my parents were from the, the city, so um, they wanted to, I think, escape and raise their five children in the in the woods. And uh, so, yeah, when I graduated uh, high school, went to like a little crappy community college for a little bit. And then I me and my friend decided to just move to L.A. Like I sold a Toyota Tercel for a thousand bucks and we just drove cross country squatted in LA with a friend in a uh, one, not even a one bedroom, a studio apartment, no bedroom, just, and three, three dudes for like seven months. Sitting nice. on a couch. Yeah. But that's when I was like 23. So it didn't matter. So, oh yeah. So it was yeah. just a good time. Yeah. So, and then uh stayed there. I, I was in LA for 15 years. I, I did get into jewelry. I did, uh, I worked in TV a little bit and then I, I did, Maybe like two and a half years, I did stand-up comedy, which was pretty fun. Oh, real? Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Your memes are very clever, so. Thank you, yeah. It yeah, seems like a well-honed craft. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, and then I uh, I met a beautiful girl. I had a jewelry store, and she walked in, and her name's Megan, and, uh, and we had a baby. So we moved out of L.A. because that's not where babies should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if you read some of the conspiracy theories online. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I don't even – I am I went so hard down that rabbit hole. I don't consider them theories. I think I think some of that stuff is real. Oh, for sure. Well, have you seen that uh, – this is a horrible topic to bring up talking about kids, but the new, <laughs> yeah. Mike, the new Michael Jackson documentary? I didn't see it yet, no. It's but, wrong. Um, I, I, I was – that was on my – in my peripheral like for a while, like knowing about that stuff and um, it's – I think it will all just come out in the ugliest way. I hope so. I want to see all, yeah. all those scumbags get – I mean it's – Me too. Watching that – like I was a little kid when – I'm only, I'm 32. And mm. when I was, so I was a kid when the Michael Jackson, so I didn't really know what was going on with it. I just knew that he talked funny and he looked like a girl. And I didn't even know he was black until I was like 15, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so watching that documentary, I'm like, wait a minute. People knew about like what he was up to and like mm-hmm. nobody thought, you know, you're sleeping with kids in the same bed for months at a time. You're, nobody thought something might be up. <laughs> no. No, no, the trade-off is well. To look at what the dynamic it would be is, you just have to review that Joe Biden public access access uh, footage, where all the you know the senators and the people are bringing their children in and almost basically like serving it up to him. It's just a, it's just power, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Well, you can see where the parents like in the documentary it focuses on two guys. And you can totally see where the parents' blind spot was because they were looking at the power and the fame and their kids are becoming stars because of this and they're going on tour with Michael Jackson and they're Mm -hmm. hanging out at Neverland Ranch and he's richer than anybody. But he'd also come to their house and eat dinner with them. Like he would lower himself to their level. And so you can see, I mean, if a 35-year-old man came up to me and was like, hey, can your son – because I have two boys. And if they came up and said, can your son come spend the night with me? I'd be like – 
what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but, yeah. You, yeah. but you can see, you know, and they were already kind of like, I'm not trying to get my boys into show business. So right. you, they were already kind of on that path. So yeah, that it, it really just starts when a parent thinks it's a good idea to get their kid. And they're, they're, they're immediately exposing them to real uh, creepy people. So, Oh, for sure. One has been forever, but Sorry for that side note, but back no, to you, sorry, back sorry. to you. So, sure. um, so you, where, so, uh, what area of the country do you live in now? Do you still live in California? I mean, no, I moved to Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. How do you like it yeah. out there? I love it here. It's awesome. It's like you get your seasons, which I kind of miss uh, growing up in New York. So you get the snow. Today was like sixty-five degrees. Tomorrow we're supposed to get ten inches of snow. So I, nice. I kind of like the polar opposite. Uh, weather that happens within a day. That's fun. And there's a lot of space. Um, you know, there's a lot of it's fresh air and a lot of mountains and empty space. And I never thought I would like that. But I think I think maybe once you have a kid, for most people, some the values change a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait, why do I want to struggle to park my car? Could, could I, I couldn't imagine having two kids in Los Angeles, like I, I don't even understand how people can do it. Yeah, it, it's a tough stretch for me. I I live in the Bay Area, um, but I live in kind of the country part of it, mm-hmm. so down south of the San Jose. Mm-hmm. And, but I've no, I've met people that live in San Francisco, San Francisco, which is I've worked in LA, and it's bad. But there's something about San Francisco that like I could, I don't know how you have kids and live in a high rise and don't think something's completely fucking crazy about that because yeah. they they had like three kids in a like 20 story high rise this one lady I mean, I'm like what do you guys do and they're like oh you know we hang out in the house what i grew up just kind of suburban areas you know but we always had some space you know some open acres we could go shoot our bb guns in and stuff right so like I'm a California boy, so the I, I don't I don't relate to the 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 weather thing because sure. <laughs> I like the sun. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, uh, but yeah, San Francisco is a whole other. Yeah, I would. Yeah, the re- reservations I have for Los Angeles, like you know, quadruple for a place like. And I have friends who live there with kids, and it's like I just don't understand. No, it's 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 insane. I mean, if I could get more into the country than I am right now, I'm kind of in a suburban area. I in a heartbeat, I'd do it. Just the prices around here are prohibitive. It's yeah, of course, it's super expensive. I got lucky. I got I got into a house when I was young, but it was at the end the end of 2008. <laughs> so oh, it was right like, there at that spot. Yeah. Oh, I got into the crater and then the exactly. crater inside the crater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, little, yeah. Little. People Another like, tunnel under the crater. Yeah, people are like, how much you get your house for? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you because you're just going to cry because <laughs> I couldn't buy the house I have today. It's a small little, you know, three-bedroom yeah. house. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. I couldn't I couldn't imagine. So it sounds like family is pretty important to you then. Yeah, it's always been important. Uh, but I think I was like the uh, youngest boy. The I have three older brothers and a younger sister. And I think I was kind of uh, the artistic sort of black sheep. I'm going to escape. I'm not like you guys. I'm the different one. And so I lived that life, but um, kind of resisting the reality that I that I actually do love family. And, and and I guess until you have kids, if you 
if you live that lie away from your family and you have kids, it kind of just brings you immediately. You're just like, wow, family. Like that's the only, to me, it's like the only reason you live past 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an like, awesome, that's an awesome know, point. You, you know, and you have, I have friends and I love some, like a lot of the people that I left in LA, but you know, I can't, I'm so glad that I'm not a, you know, like a 40 year old who's still dressing like he's, you know, his late twenties and then <laughs> dating. And it's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. You're, so, you're logging into Tinder at 50. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm glad, I, you know, like it's not even like, um, it's not a better thing. Like, it's just that once you have kids, it just shifts everything. You just go like, it's almost like the moment that happens, all of this, all of the places you're completely full of shit, like emerge and show themselves. You're like, oh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That oh, that person doesn't matter as much. <laughs> all these friends I've cut loose, like friends. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's a really magical tool. Like the the kid, like the just like, hey, <laughs> like I just use the strainer on you basically <laughs> so, uh, yeah they're like a, a perfect little truth bomb with shitty diapers exactly. <laughs> exactly. For some people call them even when they they grow up and they learn to talk they're like uh they're actually like masters of like integrity so once they're Ooh. born they show you all the places your life doesn't work you either acknowledge that or you don't some people don't and it yeah. makes their life work but and then when they grow up and they get older they actually hold you to their your word better than some of your closest friends and family so like you say x if you don't follow through with that they'll remember it's like yeah. They're oh. like uh, they're like life coach, like annoying life coaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, dude. My boys will go tattle tattle on me to my wife. I'm just like, take him. You know, I say a bad word or something. Like, yeah. he said a pop award. They, they call cuss words pop awards. <laughs> oh, he said a bad word, and yeah, it's definitely. I think it's something that the, the culture focuses so much on, like your career and being you and finding your truth and. It so displaces what's important. It's like everybody should work a 40-hour career and be miserable working for the man. And mm -hmm. you won't have time for your kids. You'll have to hire a Mexican nanny who will, who will raise them for you. And But, you're, but you are you, you're liberated. And then it's like if you take a month off and you go, oh, wait. This is way more fulfilling, you know. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the things. It's like they're little fulfillment centers. <laughs> they are. They for, really for are. life. <laughs> yeah. No, they're awesome. They just and and they make everything. I mean, it doesn't go. Forget the stress part. Like the anxiety. Like just imagining all of the worst possible things perpetually and having them slightly change as they get older, but it doesn't go away. But then, so like, it's funny. It's like. Everything matters more, but everything – the stakes are higher at the same time. So you know what I mean? So like oh, you yeah. have more to lose. So so the more you appreciate what's going on, the more there is to lose. So it's just like I constantly have like – I wouldn't call them panic attacks, but I, I have a really imaginative mind. So I'm like – I think of all sorts of scenarios <laughs> and it's like good, but – I'm like, wow, that's how much I like love and care for these people. So 
it's good. I, I'm glad I'm in touch with that side. My uh, my whole like 15 years in LA, just I was such a idiot. I was just like <laughs> such a, a hedonistic, like cocky motherfucker. I was just such a little <laughs> fucker. Well, you're and, a good, you're a good looking dude, so I mean I can understand it to some thanks. extent. <laughs> No, it's just, yeah, you're just like, it's all self-serving, you know, like it's yeah. just so gross in in so many ways. And uh, so, yeah, I pretty much owe it to Megan and the, the kids to like, you know, and I, I, I can't just put it on other people and be like, you need kids, It'll, your life will turn around because oh, I don't no. think that's necessary. You have to be willing to have it turn your life around, like, yeah. and to look at it that way. It's, it takes willpower and stuff, so... Um, you have to give up all these other ideas you have about yourself and yes. what you think you should have been doing or all that, all that shit. It's like I love that that all just got uh, – basically I got humbled, but I was given my my responsibility. And when you have – you know, as a man, your responsibility is your power. If you take responsibility, it's not like a fault. People com- – I hear a lot of people – conflate fault with responsibilities responsibilities like is an opportunity like you can own it yes like, you get to say you're responsible yeah. not like oh i'm responsible it's like not a burden yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of it kind of provides a purpose yeah exactly versus so, fault where it's like this like oh well things got fucked up because of you it's, it's, yeah exactly it's like, yeah. no 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 that's not when kids like the, the tough part i think people are so scared of them but i think what I, I think what the uh, postmodern progressive mindset did most effectively was turn kids into some kind of inhibition from you accomplishing your 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 goals, your dream. They take away from you. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. They fulfill you. They make you more. They give you. They be. They make you become a better person, more of the person you were meant to be, not less. And but I've well, I've lived in California my whole life, with an exception of two years in Texas. So. You know, this is the cornucopia of that, you know, <laughs> you know, the narcissistic. <laughs> it's funny that um, narcissism, I was thinking about this the other day, like uh, nihilism, like people who are just so like everything's nothing, it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, they're actually very narcissistic. So it's actually inconsistent. It's like you matter so much. <laughs> that, that nothing else think, matters. That, yeah. yeah <laughs> that you think your point of view matters so much that nothing, like you can cascade that idea onto the the world and it means anything. And it's like all you're doing is just making up meaning. You could all, we could all just say it's all meaningless, but the meaning you add to it, you suddenly have meaning. So it doesn't matter is just more meaning. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just, <laughs> they keep adding this layer and, uh, they're, you know, that's a sub subversive technique. That whole, the whole new progressive movement is just really just in a toilet bowl. Like I'm not even, I used to like fight against it. Like I like making fun of it, but I feel like it's such a cannibalistic platform of thinking and 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 activity that it can't go anywhere so i don't have to worry i just have to keep it sort of at bay and understand how to look at it but it inevitably like eats itself it's it doesn't have much practice i always look at like ideas and can you practice them yes um and how important that is there's that old uh 
like a programmer, I think, but um, this baseball player used it a lot. I forget his name. Uh, it was that uh, in theory, there's no difference between practice and theory, but in practice there is. Oh, yes. I, you know what? Yogi Berra. Yogi, Yogi Berra. Berra. Said it. Yeah. That's, that's one of the cartoons I had saved for, the, for oh, our good. conversation. Yeah. So that is so important. Dude, that was freaking awesome. I was like, oh, I love this. I got to get it. Yeah. I have 13 little brothers and sisters. So, oh, wow. um, how did you know? <laughs> and you just, they just do it. Just, any excuse to just fuck all day. Hey, you know, <laughs> like people are really down in Catholicism. I'm like, you realize it's like the whole religion centered around fucking. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, sometimes that's a bad thing, but. <laughs> I think it's super important. I think uh, it sounds insane. It, it would have sounded insane to me like two years ago even, but that's how you like save a culture yeah it, it really it's on it's like that's another thing back to the progressive thing for a second is that you know the whole idea of like don't don't have kids it's not good for the environment uh oh. it's selfish all this stuff and it's like you're out you're breeding yourselves out you're not breeding so yeah. other people are going to outbreed you so in like 10 years <laughs> what did you do yeah like it doesn't make any sense well, one one thing that's the, the all the I think the one of the scariest things to me that the progressives have, have done is aligning themselves with Islam because that Islam has a different take on that whole thing, which is they literally have a, a principle about breeding. So they go into a place and then they just outbreed them. So like that's one that which is hilarious. I mean, it's the mo, it's like the most ironic bad choice that the progressives make because it's like you guys are literally taking people. That are contrary to you on every point down the list, and and most importantly, the point that they're the most contrary to you is they believe in outbreeding who the culture that they invade, if you will, a soft invasion, right? Yeah. So they come in, you welcome them in, and go, oh, we got to protect them. Meanwhile, you preach literally the anti antithesis. Mm -hmm. Man, I can't Antithesis. Antith Thank you. Antithesis. Yeah. <laughs> of what they believe. And yet, the main principle is they're going to outbreed you. It's built in. <laughs> like, they're going to literally subjugate you at some point and then eradicate yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Just by, no, from you a breeding standpoint. <laughs> I mean, really, on a 10, 20-year game plan, anyone's playing, bre breeding has to be a part of it. Or... Yeah. Um, sterilization, like one or the other is happening. Yeah. So, you know, so that's the, that's the dark side of it all is like, you're, you're not, and we've become such, uh, individuals, like I'm an individualist. So it's funny coming from me, but I'm, but I'm saying like, in a way, in a, in a bad way, individualist means like you're separating people from family and what yeah. that means. And, <clears throat> You're giving them their own – you're making them their own gods, so to speak. And then – Yes. Um, and then you're not connected to any other like uh, firm, loyal culture that's yours that you can call your own. And then you have nothing to protect. And then other things, other cultures that, that do it well or have been doing it for thousands of years are going to succeed because it's such – it's almost like – you know, have you ever been to Europe – I've never been, no. Okay, so like if you go to like Italy, I look at it like like almost like architecture. Like you go there and they preserved 
this, you know, 2000 year old stuff, statues and buildings, and they would keep the old stuff and then just build like a new wine bar that's all modern into the old thing. And they're old enough that um, everyone respects respects the statues. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we're young as a country. So if a statue went up, it'd probably be like, you know, eggs thrown at it or broken because there's no history. There's not enough history. Yeah. There's like, a, to, to you know have I mean? that appreciate. Well, I mean, look what they were, the Antifa people were doing to, right. you know, they're putting up a Stalin statue and I think it's Oregon that has the Stalin statue. Nobody's breaking it down because they understood what it represented. And then Robert E. Lee, who was actually a pretty good guy, they're they're freaking out. Oh, we've got to take this down. I mean, I would argue our, Robert E. Lee was more moral than Lincoln in a lot of ways. You know, th- his view on the world. He fought for the wrong side, sure, but even that he was conflicted on. You know, he made the decision based on not because of slavery. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? And, and he wasn't. And the thinking that went on then wasn't based on the popular tweets going on at the moment. No, <laughs> you know no. I mean? so well, there's no like social pressure. It didn't exist the same way. Well, like one of the big differences, like we, you know, we, we lionized Lincoln so much, but Lincoln really, he didn't see black people as equal. He didn't think they ever would be. Whereas Robert E. Lee saw them as equal, saw their situations as unfortunate, but he said that culture has to progress to the point where they get their fair treatment. So what's funny is the inherent ideology behind both of them, Robert E. Lee's was far more progressive. You know, he just kind of had a strange way. Like he had, like, it's going to take a long time for this to change. Civil rights movement in the 60s, he was right. <laughs> you know, like, he, yeah. he wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. And and even then, that happens. Such a great milestone that's just followed by terrible policy. It's just oh. all backwards right after. It's like, uh, hor- hor- I don't even know. Well, honestly, it was honestly kind of what I think Lee was trying to point out is like, look, you're going to make this big change. It's not going to actually in re it's the theory in practice, right? Or in reality, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. You know, like you can wave your pen and wand and make the, you know, make as many speeches as you want. Yeah. But if it, if it isn't a good plan, it's not going to work. Just like going into Iraq. Oh, we're going to take out Saddam Hussein. Right. Cool. What's going to happen after that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, hey, you know, they say, um, <laughs> ah, shit, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not, it's like not designed to, to have a end point. Some of these things, you know, uh, no. except the, the utopian visionaries, you know, I used to be one of those too, where it's just like, why can't McDonald's pay for everyone's healthcare? You know, yeah. there's plenty of- <laughs> You know, and it's just all this nonsense end game thinking that yes. as if like you suddenly arrive at this point and everything life, everyone suddenly agrees that we've, we've reached the point yeah. where we could not do anything anymore. Like it's finished. We did it. Like it's just, none of it's based in how we all operate, which no. is just, it's always changing. Our values change, our incomes change, our what we're committed to changes over time. That's why, like, I got a, got a lot into um, Thomas Sowell, um, the economist, and yeah. he he really lays things out how you should look at them, which is not in a snapshot. Long term, over time, what are we looking at? Flesh and flesh to blood people 
what did they do? Yeah. Did they stay in poverty? What did they do? Like, and that's not how things are, are seen now. No. It's all snapshots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, like, look at the, the income inequality. It's, it's so big, but then they don't, they don't realize that like those two graphs are also both going upward. Yeah. So like <laughs> poor people then like, you know, 50, 70 years ago. Oh yeah. And now it's like the things we have, we have iPhones, like a, a person in poverty, the poverty level. Thousand and thirty-three, depending on the kids or whatever, that income is more is in the top one percent of the world's earners. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's so well, when they when they did the the uh, um, uh, Occupy Wall Street, and they're sitting there, the ninety-nine percent, the one percent, and you're going, "Well, wait, this is relative." You realize that, right? Because you're bitching about American standards, but if you expand that globally, which they tend to have this like global mentality, right? It's like. Are you using the global metric on this one or is it just inconvenient at the moment? Because <laughs> you are yeah, the 1%. No. no. doesn't matter about the starving people. <laughs> yeah. Talking about here. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that that percentage change, it's not the same people over time. Yeah. Exactly. Only the, only like the point, what is it? It's like a, it's like 0. 0.06 who stay in that tiny, huge like income bracket for a long time. The rest, it's like in and out. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe even one of us could dip into the 1% at some point in our life. If, you know, a podcast goes to Joe Rogan level, like it's, it's, a it's really a silly way to categorize income because it changes. Oh yeah. And like, and, and I was reading a little bit about like exit, the exit rate of poverty here. It's like ridiculous, like over 50% um, that people get out if they follow certain uh, rules. Um, really? I didn't yeah, know like that. don't commit a crime. Don't, um, don't have kids before you're married and pretty much always have a job or always looking for a job. Uh, less than like, uh, don't, uh, this is a, just you get, from memory. You, you but get it's approximate. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's something crazy. It's like something like less than 12%, maybe even more that, don't end up in poverty who follow those basic rules. It makes sense though. I mean, it's, you know, with, well, one of the things that I get frustrated by is everything's so generalized. Right. And even like, even from the concert, like conservatives, cause I don't really, I mean, like I hold a lot of conservative views, I guess. Um, but I think of myself as more like a pragmatist because it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be any, like, I just look at stuff and go, what's, what's the most just, what makes the most sense and what's practical and who, so you're who, so you're all right basically oh yeah you know like i was i was marching in charlottesville <laughs> you're like pragmatism i uh, that was objective. a joke yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> no I, that was for the listeners <laughs> but that's what's so crazy is that you can i come from you know being in LA, it's like, you're just automatically liberal. You don't even know why you're just like, Oh, oh yeah, I'm liberal. I'm liberal. And then you start questioning something and then, then you realize, well, maybe I'm more center. But as soon as you espouse centrist views or anything oh, yeah, you're, in the center, you're right. So it's like the, what is it? The Overton window? Yeah. Just, it's, it's like, it puts everybody, it's like Roseanne Barr when she was on 
was it Jimmy Fallon or one of the Jimmys? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think it was. What happened? You know, like, what happened yeah. to you? She's like, what happened to me? I stayed where I was. You guys went crazy. It's like, that's like so true. Oh, dude. She, so was many dead. she was dead. On. Well, I think that's one of the funny things. I don't think liberal. Um, I've talked to a few people about this, but like liberal is really a terrible term for the left now because there's. They're not liberal. <laughs> like George Carlin was liberal. That's a liberal. Yeah. But he would he, he could say faggot. Nobody would die. Like, yeah. you know, like he could say whatever he wanted. And in the context, like I was watching Seinfeld the other night. And I, as a kid, I watched, you know, some of it with my dad, but <clears throat> didn't watch every episode. But and it, freaking Kramer is dressed up in blackface. Oh, yeah. You posted that. It was funny. I was yeah. like sitting there like, you got to be shitting me. And then they reran that episode a couple nights later, and I had fallen asleep. I woke up, and I'm like, it's back on. The world's sending me a message. I got to post that. <laughs> but, that was funny. I laughed out loud to that. I was like, yeah. Ah, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like, it's just crazy, though, because think if they ran that episode today. I mean, they would be, I mean, it would be the end of the world, you know? And it really isn't, that's really not liberating. What's liberating and what would be progressive is, allowing anyone to do that and just getting over it and being like this we're done we're done <clears throat> being upset <clears throat> that's it you're just progress yeah you're just that's a i make because the uh, people hate this but someone says i'm offended or whatever i say well that's you know you're making a choice and they're like no like no you're making no you are it's a choice yep. you uh, offense is a choice well, and it's an individualistic choice too, which is one of the – I think one of the most – the craziest things is is the collective mentality is so illiberal. And it's funny because it's like there's no more individual responsibility or individual effort like – and they, they villainize anybody that does that, right? So like Ben Carson. I mean I, I got called a racist for uh, one of my – friends on Facebook way back in, when he was running for president. And I, I like Ben Carson. I was a huge fan of him as a kid. You know, I read his book, Gifted Hands and all that. And they were calling him like uh, Porch Monkey and Uncle Tom and Hal Snigger and all these horrible mm. things. I'm going, I was like, hey, uh, guys, <laughs> you're literally calling him racial slurs. That's not right. It's not okay. And they're like, oh, you're just a racist Fox News parrot. I'm like, Okay. Yeah. I, there you go. I'm like, I'm not even that offended. I just find it like insane that you guys are just going off about what a piece of shit he is. And most of them were black. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys are like, what are you doing? And then I was like, they were like, you just don't understand how our government works. So I talked about how the government had shifted from, you know, uh, a confederalist to, you know, like I, I kind of went through, I was like, I understand our government. Like, here's a little, and I did like a 500 word essay as a response. And yes. Their only response back to that was, "Oh, you mentioned state states' rights. That's a that's a racist dog whistle." Oh, I, I was like, "That was in a historical context." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no to, point in those conversations. No, that's, I exited that's... after that. I was like, "Okay," well. <laughs> and yeah. I, I stopped doing trying to have that. Like, I used to love like just chatting with people and like trying to you know debate. But eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to post my funny little memes and, there you, you know, I'll do a podcast. They can hear me talk it out if they want. But like, and I'll have anybody on and talk to them. I don't give a shit. But yeah. the, these fucking Facebook, it's just like, all of a sudden it's like, fuck you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, well, the get, irony of that is that, again, Thomas Sowell, uh, a black economist, is like, he said, 
um, something along the lines of like you, you don't need a argument if you you don't need a need a position if you just um, attribute like ill intent to the your opponent. You yep. know what I mean? So you're just like, oh, oh, states rights. That means you're this. You know, like just send a slur in there, and then it's oh, like you can't. Now you're responding to the slur versus the actual argument, and it's yeah. all. It's all you just have to like laugh at that stuff. Well, I mean, I don't sometimes. I sometimes like on my thread, I'll just be like, I have to threaten this person's life. <laughs> That's what I feel, and then I'm just like, what am I doing? Yeah, this, per- this is probably not even. This is probably AI. It's like this is like someone, some system that is good enough at trolling that it. That ju- yeah, it's it just. Gets me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that stuff is crazy. I mean I even I mean think how much easier it is to do that through a thread or a text because I've been fooled for at least 30 seconds for on a phone call. Like I had to actually get asks this person who's not a person uh, their middle name to to, to finally f- go like, "Whoa." Like oh, that shit, last, really? that's Damn. weird. That, that means that last um you know, 30 seconds to a minute, I have to now question my own ability to distinguish reality. <laughs> yeah, it, it's getting weird, man. Like it, it's, it's cool and creepy at the same time, you know, like some of it's useful, but then some of it's like, Ooh, I don't know about that. But like the, the amount of stuff that I like people that get like their news from Twitter or Facebook. I'm like, and this goes both sides of the aisle. Cause I know a lot of people that do that. I'm like, Google, just yeah. or or DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo yeah. is better. Um, Google and then look at the sixth page or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, DuckDuckGo is that. It's a yeah. it's a non it's a non manipulated algorithm. Um, it's a great browser actually. I love it. Uh, I started using it about a year ago and it, I don't touch Google. I don't go to Google now. I just go DuckDuckGo. Um, and a lot less ads. But what's crazy is it's like you can. There's so many news sources and like you have to kind of look now at more than one because if you go just one unless you really trust it which that even gets hard to do it's like you guys are pulling a fucking tweet and now you think you're like jesse small like oh he was he was putting a noose it's like did you look it up like it literally takes you two seconds a little bit of individual responsibility and you can be sure of what you think and how you think it you know and yeah it's a tragedy to see people just like, and Twitter's the worst. I've never liked Twitter, so I've never been a big Twitter user. Yeah, but you just see like this cascade of of confirmation bias, and it, whichever side it doesn't matter. Like it, you could believe it, you could be a furry, and boom, you found your crowd, and now you're all fucking foxes. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, like no offense to you, furries, you're hilarious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. The, the bias. Well, uh, the thing about the confirmation bias is that now uh people and entities and organizations could actually create stunts that preface confirmation bias so like the small thing there's a lot of them like i actually i'm skeptical of the starbucks thing that happened like oh, yeah pr companies can now orchestrate you know like mo- like remember her flash mobs were all about like santa claus is laughing and stuff oh yeah like you know there's, it's not a. It's. I'm not surprised. The same concept. I would call it a technology. Um, is used by political activists. Oh, that meant it's a flash mar- mob, but it's p- 
political. It's a and you know, there's, cra- there's crowdsondemand.com. Look at that company. Like that's just one company. Look that up. Okay. Crowdsondemand.com. Crowds on and demand. that's that's a PR kind of fluid PR company that uh, that just offers crowds of people for whatever you want. It could be a protest. It could be so like this, all this <laughs> came out. That's real. That's real. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they were doing it back in the nineties. Um, Alex Jones, who is hilarious. I mean, not everybody likes him and he can be a little ridiculous sometimes, but then sometimes he's right about stuff like gay frogs. And I'm like, maybe he's right about everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, his, what he's so good at is that he'll be right about, three to 15% at any given time of what he's saying, but that's the most important thing to be right about. And then the rest is all this stuff that unfortunately turns enough people off. It's so extreme or so misrepresented that it's like, you just forgot about this little nugget here. Yeah. That's really important. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But what's funny is that it, it could only take a guy like him to say all of those things. You think someone else is going to, you no. know, like, who's going to say those things? Nobody. Literally, nobody. <laughs> you, have be, you have to be that guy. Well, I guess they have Owen Benjamin now, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. But he's still not quite as, because Alex does have a lot of sources and stuff too. So, but like the frog, the frogs being gay, like that was always memed and made jokes about. And I'm like, I, I looked it up. It's a it's fucking true. It was a yeah. Ber- a Berkeley study. I'm sitting there going, "You got to be kidding me." <laughs> well, that was funny when he had him back on because uh, on Joe Rogan. Oh yeah, he's just like he's like uh, all this stuff's happening, and then and then Jamie's like, "Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It's it's real." <laughs> and it's just like everyone no, no. Nobody's, Look. Talk, nobody's acknowledging that this is happening. It's more like. Let's take a clip of him yelling at like the other dude and and screaming and making an ass of the whole thing versus like but if you just look it, it's all oh, it's, it's crazy he was looking at the sources oh yeah well they they're making these pig human hybrids Jamie <laughs> Jamie look it up look it up and then Jamie pulls it up he's like uh there yeah there's pig human hybrids I was watching it with my brother and we were dying laughing. We were like, oh shit, he's yeah, right about yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's 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 either be I think he's ahead of his time. He's like if um Andy Kaufman like went a different way as yeah. far as content. Like <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It really is true. And it's crazy because everyone like demonizes that uh that character, but you actually need more of those to break through all the the morass and noise. Oh, totally. So well, that's why more of that. That's why Trump worked because yeah. he shouldn't have won. And I, mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, I argued with some of my buddies who are they're way more, you know, conservative, if you will, than I am. They they just are like they're more like more about the yeah, Second mm-hmm. Amendment and you know Constitution and all that stuff. And, uh, but I, I'm, they're going, oh no, try, you know, Ted Cruz, he, he's, he's principled. Yeah. Ted Cruz right. is a, is a closeted gay man, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, no, he, he can't beat Hillary. He won't beat, cause nobody that doesn't like, no, 
those principles they've they've demonized whether you agree with it or not like a lot of his principles are fine yeah but he's a divisive character because all he is is a set of principles he's not a human being you know trump's a guy that's why people liked him when he said grab by the pussy yeah people were like no that humanized him yeah it totally of what they thought it was gonna oh it blew up in their face so bad because everybody's like Oh, cut one. It showed their sanctimony. You know, they're sitting there like, who could say that? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's actually when some, you know, uh, going, watching this all happen, um, I made a post on like Facebook and I was like, you're not mad that he said it. You're mad that it's true. And that's what I was talking directly to some of my peers in L.A. I'm like, he didn't say a lie. He said – and what's funny about it, he set the precedent for people like Weinstein to to go after people like that. What he said is the truth and – and from then on, that's where all these movements came from, which is ironic. He – actually created the movement <laughs> yeah the me too movement <laughs> yeah. the like, pa- the pound me too movement <laughs> exactly. and, then, and it's not a lot of it's not over i mean like there's more people to go after oh for um, sure and it's and it's worse i think that's just a cover like the whole movement making oh. it about women is just a deflection that it's actually really about children yes, i think a hundred percent i think it's, I think it's so much worse than people could ever I don't even it's I think it's so bad that I don't expect regular people to acknowledge it. Like no. I understand. Like well, I'm like you just live your life and was don't it, go too far in there. You almost have to face this this devastating collective guilt as a culture if mm-hmm. if you find out that fucking everybody that you've at, worshiped is some kind of sick fuck i mean it's yeah. terrifying that's um, what it is yeah that's what I, it is. I love torturing my wife because i'll find out about somebody like me and my brother knew about kevin spacey a long time mm. ago because we met a guy that worked with him yeah he was a actor uh slash military reservist and he was telling us stories he's like dude like he's like i got invited to go to australia once and i had to fuck the producer if i went and he's like i didn't go and he's like i lost a part in the movie it was like the biggest movie he was ever gonna be in and but he's like Oh, dude, he's like Kevin Spacey's. He's completely gay, and we're like, really? No, not Kevin. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but even that just and he didn't he didn't mention the like the abusive part, but right, even that it was like really him. Like, yeah. I just like I just it's like oh, like I, now I feel stupid because I don't know this, right? Right. But then you turn that into like fucking kids, and all of a sudden right. that's a huge. Well, then. But there's this whole other like side of like um, secrecy and how that builds trust and you can use it as blackmail. Like it protects everybody. It's it goes in, you know. I think it's the highest levels of Hollywood and maybe the banking into industries and and yeah. the political people. And it's just like if you're into really dark stuff and money's no longer an issue, not only are you going to be like open to new things that nobody else could get away with because it's now about power like yeah people i don't think people understand like there's a moment where money is no longer a thing and the the chemical that you need in your brain is is not going to be money's not going to do it so that's when things get real dark if you know it's not replaced by something you know god or family or some something philanthropy you know i think like Maybe someone like Gary Sinise, I would be 
heartbroken if he oh right someone like him you know like that that would be tough it's <laughs> like one person i'm like i still go okay there's good people oh, like yeah. they don't you don't hear from them much those are the good people you don't hear from the loudest ones who are are usually the ones hiding stuff oh yeah well like kevin spacey loudest yeah. robert robert de niro i think oh for oh, yeah he gives me the heebie-jeebies which <laughs> sucks because i love so many of his movies man like Growing up as a teenager, like Robert De Niro was one of my like you know Hollywood heroes, and then I'm like, no, oh, really, uh, not such yeah. a big. But even now, like, um, there's a. Now, this is just a. <clears throat> this is just conjecture, and you know, uh, 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 what's the word that you're supposed to use? I don't remember. Um, but uh, there's a video of Jason Momoa, and he's at this uh, kind of luau type thing. You know, like this twelve year old girl standing next to him. And he aggressively like is falling, like pinching on her tit, and she's is that like, the Aquaman dude. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, and I was like, "Are you really?" And he like, and she like, "Oh yeah," like, she like, his hand. Yeah. and th- but then he goes back at worse, like even more full of grip. And when she walks away, she like kind of runs like, "Ah, what was that?" It was worse than the Biden thing, right? Yeah. Or yeah. equal to the Biden. It was very sim. It was very similar to the Biden thing. Yeah. Even the way he got his hand there, and so mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there. I'm like, my wife loves Jason Momoa, by the way. And I'm sitting there like, that really him? Like he does MMA? Like he trains with these fighters because I love UFC. I'm like, that sucks. And I'm like, but I get to show my wife and make ruin her yeah. night because <laughs> <laughs> she thinks he, you're ruining so many movies for her. I'm like, hey, sweetie, you know how you thought he was sexy? Yeah, look at this. You just like hold your phone out while <laughs> oh. she's watching a movie. Oh, she's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but it is sad because when you see it, like how pervasive it seems to be, that's the part that's like, it's like, whoa, that's dark. There's a, I'm going to forget the name of it. There's a documentary on YouTube. There's two of them. One was done by the BBC, and I can't remember the names to either one, so I'll try to put them in the show notes uh, if I remember to do that. But um, the one of them was about not Corey Feldman, but one of the kids in his like orbit. Mm. Oh, what was the name of it? And it was like low level stuff. Like the agent wasn't that big a deal. He represented some of the child stars and stuff, but he's a pe- he was a pedophile and convicted. Oh, Brian P- Peck. Brian Peck. Maybe that's the name. Um, and, and it was like connected with Brian Singer and stuff. There's actually a video called connect the pedos, pedos, it's oh. like connect the dots, but connect the pedos. <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty, uh, Jamie deluxe, maybe his name is he, uh, he does these videos. He's very like low level, low budget, just talking, doing research, but he really pieces together something pretty, uh, disturbing about, it was like, uh, the era of when, um, Leonardo DiCaprio was was young oh. and just starting on that on that show, and if I mean even he even collected some footage that even the footage alone was just like ooh yeah icky. and then then yeah it's really and then these people get rehired you know like by Disney and Nickelodeon after they're convicted and it's like you know something's going on it's not like someone's that good of a director for a Nickelodeon show that, you know, <laughs> yeah. they can, uh, they can you know, do something terrible. Be like, well, no, he's just so good at, uh, 
at the direct in this this cartoon. We need him back. It's like no, it's got to be it's got to be worse. Yeah, it's it's not like he's the Spielberg of yeah, yeah. yeah like we shows. need him. Yeah, we've got to have him. He's just what so the, good. Yeah, like, what was the show where they like dump like oh the slime? slime. Yeah, he's like can't. he's so good at the the direction and the. Oh, he makes the best sets, though. <laughs> he knows just when to hit the button on that slime. Yeah, exactly. Double dare, double dare. It might have been. Yeah. I don't. I I I didn't really watch it as a kid. My parents were real strict about what we got to watch, and they hated that show. Oh yeah, mine too. <laughs> oh really? I'm, I grew up so so strict that I had to draw my own porn. Wow. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> just, now I have a thing for stick figures. Uh, oh, oh well, that's an interesting kink. <laughs> can't find anything nothing nothing online oh well what what uh is your with your family were you guys catholic or uh we were uh, raised christian uh we went to like a a born again christian church and that was pretty crazy because uh it was like a like a big church and like clearly all like the people with more money were sitting in the front and the poor people in the back. <laughs> and there was a push button stage for, uh, you know, it was for like, uh, baptisms. Like, oh. like they had enough money to like push. It's like, it's a wonderful life, you know, like at the end. Um, so yeah, they had that and the pastor, he had always had a suit and snakeskin boots. He had a red fender guitar that he never played but he like he like did a lot of kicking and stuff uh he had a white ponytail i remember and he had a mercedes and so that was my first like memory of like what that was and i was i remember just being turned off by it just being like there's something off so but it's but still it's been a part of my upbringing like oh yeah through my mom not through church it's always been through yeah the family some of my dad that those values get transferred not through men in on you know necessarily in suits with ponytails. It's yeah. it's how it's it's no, how the, your parents guide it. You know, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I, I grew up Catholic uh, and old school Catholic, going to Latin masses and such. Um, and I'm still I still go to church every Sunday. Uh, but I <laughs> also grew up in the Eastern Rites, which is Byzantine. So think Russian Orthodox or Greek Orthodox. Um, and so it's kind of cool cause I got a very, uh, a uh, very well-rounded view of the church. I love church history and study all that. And I still do. I, I mean, it's a never ending cornucopia of Christianity is very fascinating and the way it developed and everything. But one thing for sure that you, the more you study it and stuff, some people get into too comfortable a place where they think they know enough or they think they know enough to be right about everything. Mm. And that's like the most dangerous place. I think in religion, that's like the, that's kind of the snare is like, Oh yeah, we know exactly where we're at. And it's like, no, no, what you should know is that you're trying to do the right thing. And this is helping you. And you know, almost fucking nothing about it. <laughs> that's, good. That's, good. that's a good place to be. I think that should be like the tenant of everything. Cause that's all you're using it. For I mean, personal relationship with God, it's something you can't you you can't actually transfer that. It's yours. No. It's you know so, but and you can't force it onto people either because that's no. a, a lot of people go. Oh, they're not Christian enough, or they're not right. Catholic enough, or whatever. And it's like 
that's that's not how you, no the way that you lead them is you set the example and if you're if you're a good enough person they might go yeah you know what he seems happy he's broke you know he he doesn't have anything fancy but he's happier than any millionaire I ever met and that's you know like and you look at like historical figures especially like Catholic figures like a Saint Francis or something right and that's what they were they were these essentially hobos you know monks that had literally nothing except for the clothes on their back. And they they impacted hundreds of thousands of people just by walking around and talking to them about the love of God. And it's like mm. that seems a lot more productive than you know the snooty bishops or the snooty preachers with their fancy cars or private jets and their you know, push art. button. Push button. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like I think I saw that open up like one day, and my mom like is like, "You want to get baptized?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what that is." <laughs> You're like, where did it come from? <laughs> yeah, I just imagined like they throw you in there and then they just hit the button again and then that's it. You just donated. Yeah. It's <laughs> offering, the real offering. <laughs> You're going to meet Jesus now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I grew up, yeah, it was very, um, looking back, knowing that it wasn't, it was actually pretty unique. Like we were all born at home. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And like I remember my, sisters i was like five around five yeah and and her birth and whole like a whole community of people in my mom's bedroom watching a birth you know like i think they were like at speaking in tongues and it was super (coughs) intense but as a kid i didn't know what to compare it to but just seeing a group of people you know speak you know it's like really like whoa only looking back though not then yeah then you're just scared or like something's wrong but now it's like i know that's kind of unique yeah oh big time (laughs) now everybody's got a birth plan and a doula yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Seventy thousand steps leading up to it (laughs) it's a very complicated process nowadays (laughs) yeah well even like the we had we just had a baby and uh we, we there's a 7 year gap between we have three kids and uh we had a hard time getting pregnant after the second one so we're trying finally got a little miracle which was awesome but we go to get like the gear for her, and it's ju- it's in se- like from in 7 years there's just like this whole new market of baby shit <laughs> We're like, yeah. Wait a it's minute, a never-ending market. We're like, when we had a kid, it was like a car seat and like a bassinet. Now it's like these electronic things that hook to your phone, and yeah. like the one cool thing is we got the car seat that's a stroller. The wheels pop down when you uh, pull it out. I will say that's a very, very positive advancement in baby technology. I have that too, and it's oh, awesome. Yeah, um, actually, it made me think of like inventions. Like I have this idea. It's called a a baby sconce and it's this thing that's mounted on the wall and you just put the baby in it and the baby's just kind of hanging on the wall. That's like, awesome. But comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But just on the wall. Like, because the baby wants like equal level a lot of time. Oh like, yeah. It, I don't know if that's a personality thing or, or just in general, but it makes so much sense to just hang them like a guitar, like just, you know, and have them just sitting. It would be comfortable. It's basically like, the way you wear a baby on your chest, yeah, thing, except it's just for a wall. I love that idea, dude. But, My baby and, would love it because she hates <laughs> – you can't lay her down. She wants no. you to hold her like this, like so your arm's up mm. underneath her stomach and she's yep. facing out. 
Yep. That's like if she's not sleeping and snuggling, she wants to be held out. Like if you try to hold her like in your cradle in your arms, right. she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it could work. I mean, especially with that, like my uh, oldest like that too, like that Superman. Yeah. Like out. So, um, yeah, but the, the whole baby thing is crazy. They're just all the – and it's going to get crazier. I mean I think they're going to have, you know, robot – you know, baby holders, you know, like hold the baby. Uh, they already have smart cribs that like, you know, people, the thing is the more you add to that, the more stress you have. Then you're just like reading these dials of like how your baby's breathing. You know? Yeah. That you need to do that before. I mean, before, before our time, I mean, you had enough kids that if one died, it was just a normal. Like, yep. Yep. That, well, that was the Catholic Church's whole teaching. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, guys, you're gonna lose a couple, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then you're now gonna lose a couple more in adulthood. So, in young adulthood. <laughs> now it's so precious. Everything's so sterile and precious. Oh yeah. Well, we have. Um, it is weird though because like trying to like I try. I've been trying actually lately to kind of cut some stuff out and minimize a little bit as I sit here with a Mac and headphones and a speaker but like just going oh you know what i have all this random little shit like i like gadgets and i'm like i think it overcomplicates life sometimes more than it assists like when you have something when you have a gadget for fucking everything in your life all of a sudden now you have a that double the work right. <laughs> but yeah it's like what you own owns you Someone, yeah. that old phrase where it's like it's so it's very true too and as far as creativity and stuff like i remember before i had any access like when i would play music um you know just like record silly things like it would just be of this tape and i would tape over the tape or or i'd have like two or three tracks to do and that's all i had and then you just you see what other people have and they have like 95 potential tracks and every possible thing to change the sound and you're just you just I need constraint. It's like I need a I need a so to create I need uh constraints. Yeah, you need you need to be able to just create and not mm-hmm. be worried about, you know, like producing. <laughs> right. Right. And that's why that's why like I've just like I could I can draw very realistically and paint and all that stuff. Um but that's why I wanted my cartoons to be crude. Oh yeah. So that so it was all about the content. Like so that it was messy, and I didn't have to work on it very long. It's another part of it, to be honest. But it also serves a purpose. It's like, look how messy this is, and you. But you can't deny the principle behind this, like, or you'll have to argue it. And now you're arguing with this crappy drawing. And it's like I love that. I love that, especially like haters. Like, I love that they're on my page, giving an image so much power that yeah. looks so shitty. Yeah, right. No, dude, your your aesthetic is freaking awesome. I love it. Like the first couple of times I saw your cartoons, I was like, "Damn, that is some weird art." Like it's kind of yeah. like like almost like Cartoon Networky, you know? Just like yeah, eh, fuck it, yeah, Adult Swim, eh. yeah. And yeah. B- but then the more like the content, I'm going, oh, it works. And then I go to your page for the first time. I went to your page. I'm like, oh, this works. This is fucking cool. <laughs> this is really cool. Thanks. Like. It's like a, it's almost like a Family Guy esque type of thing, or you know, or like The Simpsons. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. more crude, but like it yeah. has that, it gives it that like it gives it a character all on its own just because of how it's drawn. Yeah, it's all like it's off a little bit, and it's just the it's the, also the lines are all the same thickness relatively, which yes. is usually not the case. Like you're supposed to get like finer lines in detail. But it's just, just like, yeah, like slop it on there. Oh no, I, dude! It, like I threw someone against the screen and they <laughs> splattered. And I'm like, I don't. It's not about you. It's about this wording here. Yes. No, dude. It's it, it's fantastic. I was going through your page, you know, prepping for the show, um, just going through like older stuff too. And one of some of my favorite stuff you've done is the silhouette stuff. Oh yeah, that's a a little series I would create. A, Made a big mural in L.A. that's still there in a, in a coffee shop in like Melrose Avenue. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's I did two. I did a, one big panel and another one next to it, and it's still there. It's still people still uh, post it and tag me in it, which is funny because that was I didn't have my politics or my principles sort of set yet. I hadn't explored it yet, but I was doing more thought provoking stuff. But it wasn't wasn't political is more like that it was like a it was way broader like way yeah. it was about <clears throat> growth and you know it was actually had a it was my it was the tail end of my uh new age like time life in life ah you know yeah so it's more philosophical like broad philosophical yeah. themes yeah and i still do that i still do oh. a lot of intellectual well. masturbating just like let's talk about this and how many ways we can how many words we can describe this one idea. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I, I, that is one thing I actually enjoy about your page. At least it's not all political. Yeah. Cause like, I love the politogram. Like it's fun, but like even for our show, which I'm not good at executing, but I try to do some stuff that's not just political, more cultural. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to just sit there. I, I'm not on a side, you know, like I want to be on the right side of, history and life not the right side of the political spectrum i don't care about that you know when it comes to certain things like and when i was young you know like i was raised super catholic and conservative so you know when i when i first got out of the house i was just super hardcore like i know everything like i'm right about everything um and i kept my principles were like golden but then as life goes you start to question some of the stuff like how rigid you believe it in certain things and then you start to realize some of the fallacies built in to your arrogance right like Mm -hmm. when you become too arrogant about what you believe all of a sudden it becomes very fallacious like you start you know all of a sudden if you can't win an argument oh well you're not as good as me you know you're you get something along those lines right like when when uh, gay marriage came up i was like no it's not marriage is man and woman but then ron paul was talking about it and he goes, hey, the government should be involved. Like, what are you guys doing? I was yeah. like, huh? I didn't. Th- I never thought of that. Changed my position. Like, I, I give shit what the government does with that. Right. I don't think they should be involved in marriage. And if right. I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, right? A Christian, and so I believe in marriage a certain way. But anybody who doesn't believe the same way as me, I'm not going to use the government as a to, co- to coerce them to do it my yeah. way. I was like. Yeah. And what if in ten, five years from now or 10 years from now, the culture changes enough to where 52% see it the way I don't? And, and then, then they have the government. Yeah, well, exactly. And I gave, them the go- I gave the government gave them the, the power. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so like, the, oh, hand them the, the power when they're on your side. But then eventually when that flips, 
now they're not on your side anymore, and they have the power that you. I don't think enough people understand that because they don't think far enough ahead. Where it's like, I I voted for Obama twice based on symbolism alone, just on moral superiority, that sense of like, it's the right thing. Like, eh." so is and the thing is, you just give people more power, and then the next person uses the same power, and, and it's exactly what you said. And it's like. That's why culture, you know, um, I, I have the same kind of view. It's like you you don't want to pick a side because even with the, the window, the Overton window, those yes. sides change too. So it's like yep. you have to know what you're, what you're willing to live with in your own existence and um, how effectively you can apply your own principles to your life. And then that will impact culture around you, and that's cool. And uh, and then it's all this political stuff. I I'm not even very politically um, like like even the government functions. Like it's all very like I have basics and that's it. And I can't really get it. I'm not even interested in getting into the critique because like I think culture. Um, informs politics so the culture is where everything exists first culture will then define a policy so um if you can influence culture hopefully policies can reflect it but not in a way it's giving the government more power that's what that's also what i'm not for um because it's silly because everything's anything that matters should be persuasive and if it's a good idea the persuasion should work almost like a business. Like you can't force, you can't use coercion or force like, or else it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> like <laughs> otherwise people would just buy it. Like they would just take, they'd be like, Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, well, that's the same, a, similar. Well, that's the one thing I see with like on the right side of the aisle. One of the problems I have with a lot of the way that they tend to go. I mean, they tend to veer towards that authoritarianism too, just on the other side. And I tend to be more in agreement for the most part with their views. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I agree with your principles, but your methods are dog shit. They're the same right. methods. Like we, like that, like if you ha- if your argument, so if you are so shitty at conveying your argument that you need the government to step in and make it for you, then yeah. you need to go back to the drawing board. This is a problem. Right. It's your problem. If you, if yeah. you can't explain your point, yeah, then you don't have a point. You need to go yeah. back to the drawing board, and you might be wrong, you know. So you might want to re-examine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's really reduced to like freedom and individual liberty versus expanding government. Whether whatever side you want to point to, it's like there are people who just want freedom, and uh, and it doesn't mean the freedom to hurt people or do all you know anti-libertarians always go to like oh you just want to pollute everything then it's like, no it's just about your liberty like your personal liberty and 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 then there's a side that just wants to expand government um, or maybe they don't even want that but they just are are yes people and then that's what happens yeah. you know they, the government takes them to this place where it's like what I didn't realize that. Like you were going to take it there. Yeah. Well, but it's if like, then it's there. It's too late. Well, they're fueled by that, their, their offense. Cause you saw this a lot with the, like the, uh, the religious right, especially like in the eighties and nineties with, you know, Howard Stern 
which I've listened to a bunch of Howard Stern. He's freaking hilarious. Like, and yeah, is he offensive? I guess. Like, but you know what happens if, if you, you listen to him? If you turn <laughs> off the radio, you don't even know what he's saying. Like, it's like when these people are like, "Oh, can you believe he said that?" It's like, how do you know he said that? Like, there you go. There's your problem. You were listening just, to li- him. They're just listening. Just hard. Yeah. yeah. It's like hating, wanting to hate the Kardashians while you watch it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you stupid. How can this exist? How can people watch this shit? Like, you're just watching. Oh, I've never, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's back to the, the persuasion. Like, I get that, though, because it's like, it's people's ideals and their culture and their morals that seem to be threatened by something mainstream that they now think is now going to dictate to them the rest of culture, which there is an argument that, but it still has to be persuasive. Like we have to persuade Hollywood to make better movies that don't have pedophilia underlying tones and all this other stuff. It's like, like you're making violence, you're making, you're desensitizing us to violence and, and debauchery and degeneracy and fine call it art i'm with you i'm i'm liberal in that way too i want to be able to not be silent someone might think my stuff's hateful it's been censored you know what i mean oh yeah so i get the understanding like i had but it has to be persuasive and that's the question is like is it possible to persuade people or is it is the conundrum that whatever you think is missing you, it's missing because you aren't putting it in. Yeah. You yourself, person who's seeing it missing. Yeah. This whole concept of like, we gotta, you shoulda, all this stuff. It's like, are you going to put it in or not? Like for me, it was, it was simple. It was like, oh, there's a lot of anti-right stuff. It's like a lot of anti-Trump art, all this stuff. It's like, you can jump on board of that stuff easily, but you're just in a, a mess of saturated garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there isn't a voice. And I would find myself critiquing other artists and being like, this is so weak, dude. You're just, all you're doing is parroting. And, and that was the version of me that we're talking about. It's like, you do something else. Like, yeah. You go. Yeah. And I was like, no, me. <clears throat> like, I am the one who's seeing it that needs to be done. So just do it. Like, do the thing you think is missing. So you don't, and that's oh, yeah. for everything. That's for everything. Well, that's one thing, like, with Trump. He's he's not perfect. Nobody is. But, like, with, like, uh, the Ben Shapiro types, the Ann Coulter types, it just, like, and this is actually one thing that drives me nuts. Uh, uh, the whole right side of the aisle for, since the 60s has been reacted, re- reactionary. They don't plan ahead. They have no long-term goal. And they always want it, like, they always want somebody else to be, the, they're like, oh, you're not upholding the morals. It's like, well, no, he's a pedophile in Hollywood. Go make your mm. own fucking movie. Or yeah, exactly. Do, but you have like Ann Coulter and Ben Shapiro taking down Trump all the time. Shapiro's laid off a little bit, it seems like. Um, I, he's not my favorite, so I don't watch him that much. But but when they do, it's like, then why don't you run for president? Like, no. what's the holdup? No. Like, what? Yeah, like, it's, it's all just kids. We talked it, about this. Someone else's. Uh... It's it's they know what they're doing. They're just they sell books that way. And oh yeah, it's, it's in the short term. It's, it's outrage it's culture. <laughs> it is. It's, it's an industry. There's actually like a word for it. Um, 
it comes from the finance world of like um, looking at forecasting. Um, oh, like a short, short sale or something? Well, it's called a availability uh, cascade. It's like you look at something and the cascade is like the lifeline that it has where you can buy into it with confidence like, and it'll stay uh, relevant and so forth. Um, but that applies now to content and things so that like the outrage culture isn't just a bunch of people who are who are deciding to be outraged it's a media complex that fabricates it so that it um, dominates our attention and our attention is now a currency and so we they need our attention because the because they're losing mainstream is losing the battle of our attention to alternative uh, media and social media. So they're, they're trying to like conglomerate social media and mainstream and they need faces and, um, big mouthpieces to keep us reacting and outraging. Like I even was, you know, um, you know, someone who was doing it like, you know, anytime something in the left happens, like me attacking it directly through a cartoon is funny, but I'm also participating in a, in a cascade like this is relevant now let's 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 kill it let's attack it let's attack it that's not necessarily like principle base i could make it principle base if it's a little more less direct to the thing like people are like draw jesse smollett and i'm like eh, it's it's over already like these yeah. things happen so fast and i see what the machine is and and the availability cascade um there's entrepreneurs who make money off of the cascade I would say Russia is the longest cascade we've ever seen where <laughs> something of zero value is is makes a lot of money. It, I, I told someone else this. It's almost like Trump met with major media outlets who he knew was against him and he was like, listen, you guys, I'm going to make you guys so rich. You guys just have to react to everything I say. And just go full of throttle. I'm going to make you so rich. You just – every little word. I don't want one thing to get by. Every word. It does you feel like that's rich. what happened. You will be rich. He's, he's like a uh, – you know like if people have fish tanks and they drop – they have a lot of fish and you drop the food and they all just scurry <laughs> to the top. That's, that's media, mainstream. And then you have this sub-layer of people like yourself and some of the longer form – people who can actually talk about stuff they don't know if they're right or not we're all just kind of like exploring it all yeah just human but the other stuff is just fish food it's just like let me eat this and then they're like eventually they throw it up and then everyone in the fish thing dies because everyone's throwing there they ate so much of it and they're all yeah they're all bloated and floating there's yeah it's all foggy and they're all fucking dead Hold on one hold on one second, your video. And you gotta decide how there we go. Oh sorry. Oh no you no gotta yeah. decide how much you wanna participate in that, you know. Oh for sure. Well I think because it, it's financially I guess it's stable. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're gonna sell a book about this thing. Yeah. Or uh, whatever. At least for now. I mean it's it's what I think it's one of those things where you have these short term windfalls. But how's your long term out? Like if you if you're betraying yourself essentially, right? Right. Because you're making the easy buck, and then long term you're gonna fail. You you're know, dead. eventually you're gonna fail, and yeah. that's kind of. The, I I mean, it's it's 
I think it's an adjustment that society has to make as we get all this technology and all this new stuff coming in, you know, and people get used to cell phones and social media. Because, like, um, in my family, the younger kids, by the time I was moved out of the house and everything, I still had a flip phone. Like, I just, I texted a few times a day to my girlfriend. That was it. And I, I really wasn't that all-consuming, right? I had a MySpace page that I went on, like, six times. <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't that big a deal. But I've watched some of my younger siblings, and it's fucking crazy because they're sitting there at 16 on Instagram, and they're planning secret parties, you know, or whatever they do, like whatever shenanigans they get up to. But they're doing it through the social media. But then they're also doing, like, filters on every post that they do and stuff like that. And it's just like – it's strange because I didn't really go through that. So by the time I started doing social media, I was like, oh, this is fun for trolling. And that's what I used it for for about – six years and then i started to do what i do now which still has a high level of trolling inherent in it right like for me it's just fun to kind of see people's heads pop off um and like i don't put a whole lot of pictures of my like genuine pictures of myself up and when i do they're usually selfies where i'm making like a douchey face on purpose yeah (laughs) yeah well those things affect uh, and studies show they affect females way worse like the pressure to like look a certain way and oh yeah no, i don't i'm not giving my girls any sort of social media and i think there's a generation that's sort of starting to reject it yes um, and they're it's not because they think it's so bad necessarily but it might be like that they just are like what is all of this like let's go to the let's go swim at the at the fish the swimming pool like or the whatever the hole like yeah. you know let's go hiking i think um well, I'm hoping that like a, a resurgence of um, physical space uh, adoration, you know, comes up and like people meet in person again. And they have longer, longer conversations over beers. And I think that the value of that's going to increase as technology gets even more immersive. It, and it doesn't sound right, but it actually is probably no, going to go that way. It, it makes perfect sense, honestly, because the one thing that I've seen anecdotally is that like even my boys, like they have tablets because they have to do some schoolwork on them, right? They have a some app that they use ABC Mouse or something like that. But it's weird because to them, this is just normal shit, yeah. right? Whereas from some of the kids that I siblings and then even their friends and stuff that who probably had my parents weren't they they it was all new, but they controlled it more than a lot of parents. So I've seen a lot of other people right. have way more trouble with their social media. Just you're like, what the fuck are they up to and but i think this next wave of kids is it's so normalized to them that it's not a, it's not new it's not something crazy that's My, a great point yeah it's just part of life so then it becomes just a tool just kind of par, a part of the daily process and even yeah. i'm seeing I, I will say this there's in the politogram sphere there's some young teenagers that are um i interviewed a couple of them didn't know how old they were when i when i <laughs> reached out to them and then i was like Hey, yeah, yeah, just don't cuss. We won't cuss yeah. on this episode. Um, but what was weird is they use their they use their Instagrams like like I do or you do, you know, not as sophisticated as you, but they have like this complete like it's not this narcissistic thing for them. They're not doing filters or anything. They're posting news articles from Breitbart, right? So I'm like, okay, that that's weird. Seventeen year old girls are posting you know, news articles and essays they wrote about current events. I mean, that's yeah. kind of cool. So no, I, do, cool. 
I do think there's this natural evolution where we we adjust to it and we figure out how to live with it. But I think the break the that that initial impact was a fucking nuclear bomb. I that, think you're right. So, I hope you're right. I hope so, man. Because w- watching what it did to uh, it was like a span of like five like ten years, maybe. I think it was like maybe five. Like seven, somewhere between yeah. five and ten, where it really like the teenagers really just is disruptive. It was, yeah, well, that's what it is. It's in tech term. It's actually disruptive. It's like a it comes in and it totally undermines an existing way people interact and um, basically like subverts the existing one, and then just it makes everything faster. And I uh, and it makes total sense now that you put it that way. That like. The early adopters, the ones who jumped over the fence first, they broke their ankles and they're running away. <laughs> and then and then the other ones just like are climbing slowly over and they're like, what? Like, Dang. why don't you just, you know. No big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just your tablet. It's actually, I don't even relate to this thing as anything special because um, I don't even know what Sega Genesis is. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the weird thing is like, and I, one thing like, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with it because, like, when I was dating, I think Facebook came out right before I got married. So, like, I didn't have to – I wasn't sitting there, like – because I've seen kids do this where they sit there and they're, like, looking at what their girlfriend's up to and they're Mm. freaking out because she took a picture with this guy. And then they're messaging messaging her on the fucking, you know, Instagram or whatever, Snapchat, like, hey, what the hell? And then they get into a fight through the fucking app. Not talking to each other over yeah. some contextual thing that's like, if you didn't know she did that, it wouldn't even, yeah. it wouldn't be there. So then, yeah. I think the younger kids will start to learn how to deal with that. I also think parents hopefully will go, okay, we got to rein this in because I have seen that a little bit too, where parents are a little more aware. It's shit, they've learned how to use the technology, right? Or mm. they were those first wave adopters that broke their ankles and they're like, yeah. whoa, if you jump yeah. over that, whoa, it's whoa, gonna whoa. hurt. <laughs> But well, it, there's also some studies that uh, are saying that – I mean it's like a – I guess it might be a similar thing. It's not necessarily about technology, but it's um, that like kids are having less sex um, at the – like I've heard the that. time that does, makes no sense. Like but they, they are. They're, and I don't – we know, no one knows if it's healthy or not. Like um, obviously a bunch of um, – Sex, unprotected sex, is not going to be healthy. Uh, but that uh, people are just kind of pulling back from this really aggressive sexualized culture. That's just—it's really gotten to a point where it's meaningless. It's so meaningless that now people are going, "Well, no, I want meaning." But they're younger. Like whereas we went through and we had to like mess up a bunch of relationships and have some regretful experiences <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh realize like well no maybe uh maybe watching porn isn't the best idea and maybe I want like someone that I can actually build some value with <laughs> and, um but it, it I'm you know I'm speculating but if that's the case with some younger people I think like that's a really good thing yeah. I mean it would be wouldn't it be wild if suddenly we're we're on the cusp of like a not only a a golden age of like new creativity and um, but like a whole new generation who reverts back to a moral like due north, you know, like a, a, 
you know, like they want that, they want the structure and, and they want it. And, um, and everything else they do is in done in moderation and they know that's better. Like if Gandalf used the magic, the whole movie, it would suck. Yeah. And that's what we're experiencing is yes. like, we've been able to use magic everywhere and it's nothing now, including sex, including all this stuff. Everything is, is just so saturated that now people are wanting like really good nuggets of like truth or good experiences or meaningful relationships. And uh, that would be so cool if the generation, a couple under me and you, I'm 38 this month. So that oh, new generation, birthday. thanks, um, like pushes that. I mean, I, I love the idea of like people reining in how they speak again and using words and learning uh, how to hold themselves. Like there's something, it might be just romance for me, but I feel like that came out of a time that was difficult. Like if you look at like the twenties, like culture, like, and I don't know if this is true. Just making a correlation is that like, the the way you speak and stuff and manners and um, eloquence and being able to say you know, proper all you needed all of that going through a rough time and it's similar to comedy like you know Owen always talks about that how it's like the funniest people as a culture are the ones that like were freezing most of the time and had to like eat like a it was like a baby deer because there was nothing else. And it's like, there's something about that, about that. And I don't know, but, but then again, it's not like these new generations are struggling. I feel like they're craving struggle. Like they're craving hardship and responsibility. And like, why isn't anything hard? This is so annoying. Oh yeah. Well, I think, I think you're dead on with that. I think it's, I I think one of your, uh, one of the memes I pulled, I'm not going to look it up, but um, it, it had something to do with comfort and oh, comfort and growth. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort and growth. And I really do think that's a, a big missing part because everybody is so concerned with being comfortable and being safe and being feeling good all the time, feeling good all the time. Like that's no, no, you embrace the suck because that's how you get past it. Right. Like that's, that's how you grow. Like, and I grew up, my dad was awesome because he made us work our asses off as kids. And it was freaking great. I love it. He spanked our ass when we were bad. Thank him for it every day. Like, it was awesome. I'm so glad he whooped my ass. And it wasn't, he didn't do it in an abusive way, right? Just like an old school, you know, tough way. Tough love. But I'm stoked because some of the pussies I know that I'm like, <laughs> you guys needed to get your asses whooped yeah, a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I know other guys that got whooped a lot harder than I did. And they don't. Some of them resent it, but not like it's a weird thing because it toughens you up and you kind of go, okay, like I'm learning from this stuff. You know, I'm learning from sweeping out buildings, you know, for, on a construction site and, you know, carrying a bunch of shit around and doing all this stuff. And I get, I get three bucks an hour for it. This is awesome. I'm going to get 10 bucks at the end of the day. Yeah. But that builds up a lot of character. And these young kids are so like, they're like, oh, I'm going to go watch Ninja for three hours. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not, what are you learning? What are you gaining from that? Like, you're not growing physically. You're not growing mentally for sure. And that's okay to have entertainment. 
but you also need to go through that, you know, like, will we ever get another Ernest Hemingway, the way things are going? You know, you need you need a little bit of torture. You need a little bit no. of pain. No, it'll, be, it'll just be like an AI program. Like a hologram. <laughs> well, no, it'll, it'll be an AI. It'll be one of those, uh, the hybrids that, uh, that Alex was talking about, because they'll mm. have to go through the struggle yeah. of replace, replacing yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're building chimera poets and writers, and they're going to take over the culture. By is a pig, pig Latin. It's not an accident. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it is weird though because you see that it's true. I think that well, my dad always said that um, like life had gotten too easy because hardship is what made people value life, mm-hmm. and when life is just copacetic all the way along. It's not happy. And you seem like, I don't know if you're very familiar with Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a hilarious video. Your impression oh, yeah. of him is the best oh, I've ever Thank seen. I was still, still working on a, I have this bit. Sorry to interrupt your, the thing. Oh, but go I, ahead. Before I forget. Uh, it's like of him, like ordering a pizza, like, and it's just trying to do a basic. And he's like, he's like, hello. And then the guy's like, uh, what can I get you? And he's like, I'd like to order some food. And that doesn't and when I say order, I don't mean it in an authoritarian kind of way. And then and he just he just constantly like every single new statement, he's just like over intellectualizing it. And he's just like and it just ends like he eventually gets hung up on. But uh yeah, no. Uh, sorry. You I, I, I don't want to forget that. I can't wait for that, dude. That's gonna that's brilliant. No, he like what? What's fascinating about him, though? I I really like him. I I think that, like, I'll, he gets some like Owen gives him a lot of shit. Yeah, I get where Owen's coming from some of the time, but at the same time, he never pretended to be some conservative firebrand. Right? He he's not. He's liberal. He's always been a liberal. Like he's a classical liberal. That's about as close to conservative as he'll ever be. Right. Um. But what he like the thing that because I read his book Twelve Rules for Life, which was actually really good, um, and he does he, he does take on very simple concepts and over intellectualize them mm. for sure, yeah. But what I don't think at the same time I don't know if it's really necessarily over intellectualizing them as it's going the simplest things are the most deeply impactful intellectual th- pursuits you can have. Right. So like versus um, he, you know, he's not tackling some kind of, you know, quantum theory or something like that. He's going clean your room. And this is why that's important. And diving into like you were saying, like the hardship, like these are the things like we avoid even the simplest of hardships now. And that's kind of where he goes with it. Now, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. But. You've seen all these, like the amount of popularity he's gained and the young men that flock to him in particular. Uh, it has been fascinating and it makes sense to me because I've seen a lot of young guys who are very rudderless, right? And they don't, they don't have a purpose. They don't have, but the biggest thing they don't have is discipline and the ability to embrace the suck, right? Like they want to fuck all the chicks, right? And have all the fun. And it's like, okay, that, and that's fine. You'll have fun, but then what are you going to do? Then what? Right. How are you going to <clears throat> correct that course? And I mean, you've experienced it, right? Like where you're right. like, mm-hmm. so that it's that it's, it's finding that meaning in 
living your daily life and and finding intention and purpose in everything that you do and being able to go, okay, I want to go party tonight and do some molly or whatever, but could I be doing something more productive with my life, right? And like, again, your, your impression's perfect because it does, like, th- there's a, there's some comic, comicalness yeah. to the fact that he's, he's such a, so in the intellectual space that he doesn't talk like a normal human ever. Right, right. <laughs> but then at the same time, there is a value to it. And I've seen it with like these young people and what they get out of him. It's kind of cool because they're finding, they're, they're looking for a purpose. And he's right. helping to explain to them that the purpose is way simpler than you thought, even though he uses a lot of big words to get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing with him, I think, is um, – and I haven't done enough research on him as a person uh, versus just like looking at like what has he done, what did he stand for, and then what has he created since. I feel like um, it's kind of like inevitable with any of us if, if suddenly you're – you start somewhere, then you get propelled to the top of the particular field, you know, the particular mm-hmm. niche that you're in, um, you get, you could probably get swept away. Like this is the part that I see like Owen pointing to like swept away and you have to kind of like make this thing last because now you, you found this thing and you want us to keep it. Right. And then, but you wrote this, this book and the book alone can work on its own, um, or it helps people. And that's great. But then you just – it's inevitable as a human that we just keep trying to like get more or keep what we got. Yes. Like we, we, oh, yeah. We get swept away and we're – that we're flawed. We're just flawed beings and like it – you know, if suddenly, uh, you know, Louder with Crowder was like, yo, Jim Bob, I want you on my, you know, writing team. Suddenly I would just – I would – uh it would go to my head like a hundred percent, you know, and I turn into it, It's not that I couldn't restore it, but like uh, I would turn into a new version of myself that I had to like keep and protect. And like, I, I found the spot now I earned it. Yeah. And then, like, and then a hundred percent, dude, there's a, I see it from a wider standpoint as far. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a tangent to what your point was. Cause I agree with, I agree with your point. But I, from the perspective of like what happens to people when they get swept up in that world, it's just like it's just inevitable. That's why I'm not even mad. Like when I, like when Owen gets mad at people, the people he gets mad at, it's almost like he trusted them. Like you know, yes, a hundred percent. Yes, you're, he would still <laughs> like he's looking for even redemption from these people in a way. Like he he wants he wants. Joe Rogan to have more balls and stand up to Jack Dorsey. He wants them yes. to, so he's doing it in a very like, yeah, fucking. I'll just humiliate you into it. But you fucking so I, toe. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't I think it's, it's really funny. And then he does have some, some valid, um, you know, coming from his standpoint. He's oh, very. He's uh, rigid. He's rigid. With his, uh, his spiritual ideals, which I respect and I envy almost to some extent. Oh, hold on one second. The video's because you, 
Go ahead. I didn't, I didn't want to lose that point to a to yeah. a, to yeah, a so glitch. So, but so when he sees someone like Jordan, who based a lot of his foundational work on God or or an entity or something bigger than yourself, um, and then it gets kind of flattened out and tapered out, a little more branded, a little yeah. less intrusive, a little more applicable. More to the demographics. I mean, the fact that he got a like an agent through an entertainment, like the whole CAA thing, it is also suspect. It's not like it's bad. Like I don't necessarily put the same bad intention on things. I do know there are some evil people doing some very subversive shit, but um, it's more like a. It turns into like the business of it and well, versus yeah. like the work of it. Well, I think it it almost feels like. You you start to you start to question the authenticity, yeah. Because not, and not even through Jordan's fault, but like okay, he's now signed with these people that we know are evil, right? Yeah. Like how even if he doesn't even notice it, and again, like if he doesn't follow his own rules, like because I mean, there's been times where I think he kind of hasn't followed his own rules, right? Yeah. Know, and you know, he like there was a tweet Owen got really mad about where he. I can't remember exactly what he said, but essentially he kind of asked a dumb question that violated kind of the principle, like some of his basic tenets, right? To his oh, yeah, philosophy. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't remember. It was, yeah, I remember. I went down a whole rabbit hole on it because I was like, no. Well, when I looked at it, like he, he also hedged it the next day. He goes, look, I was putting the question out there. Oh, it was about Trump. Um, oh, what was it about Trump? It was about backing down on something. Would it be better if he just caved, essentially? It was something along those lines. Oh, there was one tweet about what he thought uh, Kavanaugh should do, but then there oh, was another no, that, recent one. No, you're right. It was the Kavanaugh one. That's the one I'm thinking of. Sorry, oh, not, okay. not Trump. Trump adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. all caught up in the orange glow. It was Kavanaugh. Yeah. He said, would it be better if he stepped down to preserve the dignity of the spot, not because of his guilt, but so that they couldn't use it as a weapon against him, which is literally like anathema to what Jordan teaches. I mean, like if you've read what Jordan, like read the book he wrote mm. it, that's like just so in opposition <laughs> to everything he's telling you to do. It's like, no, you don't cave to the pressure for appearances. Like, right. fuck no. So tell the, the truth. The next day he, all, he put out a tweet though, which I, I was like, I was torn on it because it's like, Okay, he's 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 breaking his own rule, which is kind of stupid, right? But then the next day he's like, "Look, I just put questions out. Like I put the I I was thinking out loud." He's like, and I'm like, "You know what? I'm not going to hate on that either because I wish everybody would just do that, even if the idea is dumb." And the one the one thing that like the one place where like that frustrates me about any you, you name the conservative or name the libertarian or is when you you step out of line and they freak out about it. Whereas the one time Owen sometimes when he gets too mad, I'm like, dude, you're doing what the left does. Like you swung, yeah. you're swinging a little too far, not not ideologically, but with your approach, with the method. You're go, you're now castigating somebody for violating what you thought was a shared principle. I understand being upset about that because you're like, hey, dude, you're supposed to be on my team. But at the same time, this is exactly what we're railing against the left for doing. <laughs> like, it's the exact same thing. 
Now, is he as bad as them? No. And he is funny. So you, there's like this always this question of how serious is he about it, too. Right. Like, right. So that part, you know, he doesn't have the sanctimony to it. Right. But at the same time, and Owen, I'm not going to blame put as much of that on, like, but like a Shapiro type, you know, or, you know, that whole vein of it's like, you guys, like if somebody steps out, like if you have a, a, a like I'm super pro-life, but if you have a pro-choice conservative, let, how about not bash them over the head till they're dead? How about, you know, maybe try to help guide them along the path and make them see how that is inconsistent with, with where they're at, you know? Or, right. Or, yeah, that's why I like uh, Crowder because he's so – he's just so understanding and he, he's almost too gentle but he's – he wants – he's just uh, sympathetic about it, about yes. his approach, which – I don't – I mean it's not for me to say whether it works or not. I doubt any of it works because he's on a college campus. So it's like, <laughs> it's like – I mean a lot of it is like well, you're going to get some really good sound bites. <laughs> well, I think though if you look at the effects it has on young kids that watch those videos though, it does – the thing that he's great at is empathy. Like he doesn't feel like he's judging the other person. It feels right. like he's trying to have a conversation, right? And I think that that's a huge – you know, and like I, I like even even Owen's actually pretty good at empathy, right? Like the most convincing ones typically are very human. Like you can you feel like they understand that human condition well. Whereas like a right. Ted Cruz, for me, right. not for everybody, but for me, Ben Shapiro kind of is like they're robots. Yeah. Like I, I'm not con- like you're. I'm not getting a beer with you, bro. Like I right. would, but yeah. I'm pretty sure we won't enjoy fucking any of it. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. you might ruin beer for me. <laughs> no, there's like a protective layer. That's the and that's why the Alex Joneses and the the authentic characters, even like a Trump, it's refreshing. Even if you don't, for the people who don't like them, they protect. You know, getting stuck on agreeing or not agreeing, it's like the reality is there's a demand for authenticity, not just yes. authenticity, but bold authenticity. And yes. people who do that get rewarded, but they get hit over the head as well. And it's like, I mean. I'm looking at it from my own perspective of like how visible and how loud I want to be about stuff because I see the opening. I'm like, oh, how people react to these tunes. What if it was me, you know, saying X, Y, Z? Like, am I willing to put myself in that position? And I feel like all of these people, um, they're all at some point had to be like brave to even go into – whatever lion's den or public eye they're in and uh, you know someone like owen i just i feel like oh. he's so <laughs> courageous like what he's willing to put himself through oh, and uh dude and and it's just like and i also know that he's a forgiving person like he's willing to be wrong and be like i don't i don't you know what the fuck do i know i'm an idiot like <laughs> such yeah. a human about it that it just you just give him like five minutes and he'll just be like back to like oh I don't know oh fucking no. I'm not, I'm moving on guys like you know <laughs> yeah. like, whatever it, it's like it's like okay. a combo of taking the piss out of everything and having so much conviction that it fills your entire body up you know oh for sure well I will say this like I, I and I do understand his gripe with a bunch of like Rogan Peterson like. Is his fear of them? I, it almost feels like he's terrified that they won't be authentic at some point or never were. 
you know, like some mixture. Like with Joe, I think it's more they they are becoming inauthentic. With the Jordan Peterson, I think he questions his very authenticity from the get go. Right? I think to it's even, but I think I, it's even more base than that. For me, authenticity is almost like a fluffy word. Like it's to him, I actually think it's it's are you of God or not? Like I actually fundamentally believe that it's that reduced. Like, and that's that's respectful. Like I can't operate that way all the time. Um, I don't have the same amount of conviction. Like I'm, I'm actually newly discovering like what that even means. You know what what does godliness mean and all of that. So, but I think that's what it's reduced to. It's it's just like he he's just like and into that with that lens, it's almost like he's totally right. It's almost like you're selling dick pumps, you're selling like you're selling drugs, you're, you're pushing degeneracy <laughs> you're saying porn is totally cool oh it's just like all this stuff and through that lens i'm like wow that's consistent though like if you look at it through that lens it, it is consistent you know it's, but that's it's, so but it's so rigid but yeah. it's consistent that's what's so that's what he knows actually that's the secret that he knows is that if it's rigid and it's consistent. You can't. There's no. You can't debate that. There's no fluffy intellectualizing around it. It's like, no, you're pushing this. You're pushing this crap. That's it. You're not. You're not pushing goodness. You're not pushing God. You're not pushing something better for people. You're oh. pushing quick. What he. What he does is, uh, which I think is hilarious. Is like the whole like, you know, promo code. Promo code. I like. That's such a good – it's literal, but it's also such a good-sounding <laughs> thing to represent short-term uh, – short-term feed my ego, feed my senses. Yeah. And um, I think there's something really to that for men too, like to – specifically, like to to hone in your – your impulses and your needs and the things you think you need and want and just like, just rein it all in. Like, no, there's something about that. Oh, for sure. Well, I, I think like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, that, that inability to embrace the suck, to, to go to, 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 to search out hardship for betterment, right? Like to search out, you know, like, it, like I, and you see these little examples, coming up you know like like the crowds of guys that were going to jordan peterson regardless of whether or not like what path jordan peterson's on that you could see in those guys what they were looking for something more than what they were getting right and then you see like the like the tough mudder runs all these mud runs that pop up and so i've i've done a few of them and they're a blast like i've always loved running and shit so for me it's like i'm like yeah this is dope well, you see a lot of people that are uncomfortable doing it. Like it's painful. People show up with sprained ankles and cut arm, but that what they're getting out of it is an experience in in bettering themselves. You know, and it's it's cool to see that kind of stuff popping up and getting more popular because it's that embracing of making yourself better through difficulty, not through right. easiness, right? Which is one place where like the whole intellectual sphere, you know, like the intellectual dark web, <laughs> you know. They're they're on kind of a pedestal, 
you know, of eating fancy dinners and smoking cigars. Right. Right. It's not difficult. Yeah, they, they aren't. Pu- and Owen's pushing the opposite, which I, yeah. I, I, I admire greatly. Like, I mean, he's a, yeah, out in the woods with his brother cutting trees down. And then he's yeah. coming back and playing us beautiful piano songs about Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, it's it's hilarious. Like, uh, there is something to the, that hardship, though. Like, you're just like, you have to. And that's the that's the skepticism about intellectualism is that it could feel like you're accomplishing a lot in your thinking, like somehow it's translating. But if you're not making something, if you didn't go through it, if you're not challenging yourself and uh, risking failure and pain, understanding it is not doesn't do it's not the same it's like understanding the gym like you can't understand <laughs> yourself into fitness right and exactly I think that's where i think that's the criticism now i think that's where the i mean that would be if it if uh someone like a peterson go keeps going in that direction like and it's not put into action he's going to 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 uh owen's credit like he's going to create a new following of thinkers rather than strong men who are building families yes. and pushing a better sort of culture for themselves around them. That's like, I don't know. I, I don't put a, I mean, I guess you could say like one's right or one's wrong or one's evil and one's good, but it's just like, look at the results. Like I was yeah. a fucking only thinker for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and like convinced myself that I was doing good work. Yeah. Like a, I figured it out. And if I just share this with someone, I will anoint them with the same power and uh, they don't have to do anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good way to put it. I think that, um, yeah, well, and I will say this cause I know I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Jordan Peterson have been for a while. So I, I was following him when everything first started happening, but I, but I do know this about him too. And this is to this is a point in Owen's column big time, is that he struggled with uh, an autoimmune disorder, right? And he's mm-hmm. had uh, lots of depression though and anxiety, and he was taking hard pharmaceutical drugs to deal with those, oh. instead of trying to find some other approach. And now he has he does the meat eater diet. Apparently, it's like cured him. But what's funny is that for years he took the path of kind of like the weaker path, right? Like the he didn't try to figure something out that might be more difficult or more painful. He just took whatever pills they gave him and was still in a lot of pain and suffering, but he, but also taking depression medications, which as soon as you do that, I'm kind of like, okay, that's not the way I want to go. <laughs> and luckily yeah. he's, he's not preaching that at this point, but it is true that that is the, the flaw in the intellectuals. I think at the end of the day, there's something to gain from both. Yeah, I, I I do think that the neglect of the intellectual sphere has been one of the downfalls culturally of the of the conservative side of the world or the libertarian, you know, just that whole the whole side of like family and values and that they had they neglected the the universities. You look at the professors; it's it's way lopsided, right? We're not well, all challenging of, all of it. The art, um, oh, art, media, Hollywood. Uh, it's all just been under, like I hate to say, a, use a progressive term, but underrepresented. Um, but the thing is, it's not like back to the, um, you got to make it yourself. I mean, even someone like Owen, I would love 
for him to battle Hollywood, not just like the middle. I've given Hollywood the middle finger. I'm not going to be in movies and stuff and doing that, that world. I, I mean, I barely would want to do stand-up comedy again. Cause it's just like the bar scene and all that. Cr- it's just garbage to me, but, yeah. um, but that's just me. I, uh, but I feel like there's something to making the stuff also that you want to see in the world. Yeah. You oh, know? for sure. Cause it's going to be easy to be like Hollywood's dominated by this like satanic bullshit, but who's going to make the stuff? Yeah. Who's going to make the new, the new represent representation of culture? Yeah. Where do we get the next taxi driver and the next star Wars that maybe are rooted yeah. in our values? You know, it's, I, I think that's coming. I think that's coming. I, I hope to be a part of that. And, uh, in some form, like I'd love to make my, my memes into a full cartoon where it could come to life in a really funny South Parky Simpsons kind of way, but it's all attacking all the stuff, the stuff. And that'd be awesome. Do it like South Park got away with all of it. I mean now, but now the Simpsons took away, you know, they, they, Oh yeah. They they... Backed into a corner. It's like, stop, like stop, but also not, you know why? Cause we have to stop telling people to stop like because they're giving other people the opportunity to step in and be like, no, you fucking coward. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to convince you to not be a coward. Yeah. Like, don't, don't force them to to conform to your beliefs. Right. Replace them. <laughs> yeah. Replace, <laughs> Supplant exactly. them. Yeah. That's really what it is. I think that's a great phrase for all of it like wherever we're looking yeah replace and it sounds so i mean that sounds almost like warlike or morbid but it's replace it doesn't mean like it's not like kill off it's like no be better yeah you know? yeah be the Out- al- be the win. alternative win yeah, yeah. yeah we'll beat them like i said like we, like we were talking about with arguments earlier like if you if if you want to shut somebody up it means your argument's not good enough right so come with an argument that you don't that you that now absolutely completely eradicates the need to shut them up because if you have AOC and Trump in a debate Trump Trump wants her to talk more <laughs> you know like he wants that he he's like great cuz you're going to say some stupid shit that I'm going to be able to stupid have. shit that's written fully like fully <laughs> The thing. Well, no, she does. I give her props. She improvises, like with okay and like. (laughs) And this is the new World War II. This is the beaches of Burgundy. This is. (laughs) That's so true. Uh, She's the best. I love her. I want. I want all the Democrats to follow her example because we will see a change. But I would love to see a third party come up too. Like maybe the meme party, I don't know, something like that. That's that doesn't take itself seriously, and it's just like, hey guys, tax code five pages now. <laughs> like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> I think they're done. I think it's done. I think they're, it's just so. I even think there's going to be worse stuff that's going to be leaked, like in the next this month maybe. Like, oh, uh, supposedly there's some documentation on um, the Epstein. Like, there's a whole folder on Epstein. What did and, uh, I don't know. If no, that comes uh, out. What's his name? Um. Oh shit. Uh. The he's the the self help guy that's uh, 
Jordan Peterson. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I I was like, damn it, why did I say self help? Um, no, he he's written self help books, but he also was on sixty Minutes, and they call Tony, him Tony no, Robbins. No, he's conservative. Um, Cernovich, Mike Cernovich. Oh, Cernovich. He just oh. he just won a court case, which the under the uh, he sued under the Freedom of Information Act for documents from the Epstein. So apparently, supposedly, he's coming out with some stuff. Like he oh, got, he got his hands on some shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's the only one trying to get stuff, but he just got his hands on some stuff on Epstein. Which that man, that's that shit's creepy, man. The PizzaGate stuff. Like I love. I love how the media – oh, this is one of the problems I have with, like, conservatives is, like, the Pizzagate stuff, right? Like, Alex Jones is going into that, and then it got too hot to handle because they made it all about a pizza parlor, which it has mm. barely anything. Right. Although the original mm. theory had nothing to do with the pizza parlor. It has to do with the yeah. code, right? right. The coded speech. Right. And, I mean, all the conservatives just were like, oh, Alex Jones is crazy talking about this poor pizza parlor. It's like, what, do you guys get hot dogs too? Mm. yeah no i saw that and when i ran with that and like on facebook and people it's just they can't handle that that might be happening on the highest level and it's like why would you think otherwise what what makes you think that people aren't horrible yeah (laughs) like have you have you read a history book lately (laughs) just you know, and 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 to their credit, not to like it, the disinformation is so epic and done so well yes. that it's really easy to like, what? like. No, that's great. Like, no, I can't. I can't get on that train. Well, like, like that. I think part of it too is like the disinformation is a sugar pill. Like it's coated with candy and it goes down smooth. Whereas the other one's a steaming pile of shit that you got to eat, and yeah. it's like, yeah. I'll take it's a like sugar a, pill. It's like a closet of shit. Yeah. You have to eat for a month yes. and no sleep and a lot of arguing. And then maybe after you're done, there's like a little like chocolate coin that just like, what? I did. I ate all this shit for this little like chocolate nugget. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It takes a lot of exercise and brain power and. I mean, it has more to know all of this stuff, to follow it all. I'm learning like with the family, it's like you have to really balance oh, yeah. how far you're willing to go into it because, you, you know, I, I have a friend who when he would bring this stuff up all the way back, like 9-11 stuff, like I'd be like, what can you do? I'd always ask him that. Yeah. And he'd always say, what can you do? And in a way that was up, like – Oh. What can I? I can draw. What can I do? I can I can think stuff through, and I can expose some things. And that's the question: is like, what can you do? But it's not like you're you're a detective, and you're going to have any authority to to arrest some these people and do all this shit. No. But but you got to do it through your culture and what you're creative, and that's why I just love that there's a new movement of like creatives who are rejecting far leftism. There's even a whole slew of centrist left liberals center left uh, in, in Hollywood who are just waiting for these people to just no longer be sitting at the cool table. Like they want the the good stuff back. They want to be able to talk about race openly. 
where right? the <laughs> black character doesn't get, you know, like offended, you know, like we're not, there's no protected class in art. That's the thing. Like, it's so weird to see the center and, and center leaning right be the ones defending art and expression. Um, while the super left is like trying to like just code it and do all the stuff to it. But then there's liberals who are just kind of silent because they're just, yeah. they're like, oh, it's not my fight yet. They haven't figured out the hill to die on, but yep. they have to, they have to like, you know, all the closet people out there, you know, you, you gotta like act like it's happening to you right now. You know, the censorship, the, the, the pressure to cave into certain ways of speaking and, no, fuck off. Like, say what you want. As long as you believe it and you think it's true, you have nothing to fear. You could be wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> say it. Say what you think is true. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, our 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 podcast recently underwent a name change because it's called Blue Eye Mafia, which is – I was a huge fan of Sinatra and came up with this term a long time ago. It's a wise guy shows now, but we're launching the Blue Eye Mafia website, which the whole thing, the slogan is quid est veritas, which is what is truth. Because the whole idea is like, let's just find the truth. Like, no, like, because what we're going to try to do with the website is like put up issues and different perspectives. So like pro, con, and neutral. And I'm going to try to source like some of like, like a, on abortion, right? Like I'm pro-life, so I'm not going to write the con. Or I mean, I, I would... I might write the con or I might find somebody to do it, but I want to get somebody that's pro-choice and to, to measure their arguments against each other. Right. Like, and, and just so you can look at it, it I'm not going to make a determination on which side won. It's just going to be there. You can examine the information and look at the different arguments and the points, bodily autonomy versus, you know, all these different things. Um, and, but it's all going to be, true insofar as it's not going to be spun or mm. deceptive or something like that you look at it there you go science science this that and the other thing and you'll mm. be able to look at stuff so that's kind of what we're trying because that's the thing that frustrates me the most is even with the like with the concern like a breitbart you know like they tend to be more honest than the liberal media but they're they're very you know they have a bend right yeah so like i'm sitting there reading vox I don't read Vice News anymore because they're just really dog shit. But yeah. like Vox or, you know, uh, Salon or – which that one makes you want to cut your eyes out too. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> but I'm trying to get the perspective from all sides So because sometimes there will be some stuff where I'm like, okay, no. Like oh, I can see where they're coming from with this. Most of the time, not at all at this point because it's gotten so fucking wackadoo. It's like, you know, like with the transgender stuff, it's like, I don't care. Like, you want to dress up like a lady? Go ahead. You want to maim yourself? Go ahead. But I'm not going to tell you that it's healthy for you. I'm sorry. There's literally no evidence that it's an unhealthy decision. If one of my close friends comes to me and goes, hey, dude, chop my dick off. What do you think? I feel like a Susan today. I'll be like... Bro, talk to somebody. You need to get therapy. You need to see a counselor. You need to go and get help. And then if that's still your decision, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> like, right. You you do you, man. I'm not going to hate you. Right. I'll never treat you bad a day in your life. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, that's your truth. You know, you mm. like you, that's so true. No, mm. 
I'm not, because <laughs> that's the, that, and this is where the weirdness of all this, because the left is so kind and caring, it's to the point where they're not really kind and caring anymore. Like, if you want to kill yourself, oh, you should be able to do that. It's like, or that, or he needs to talk to somebody who can help him deal with his issues. Why are you going to let him die? <laughs> like, that seems like the less kind thing to do, the less charitable thing to do. That seems right. like cruel and vindictive in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all that stuff is is pretty crazy. And it's just, it's all built on a on a pillar of confusion. And just, let's confuse everybody. So there's no structure and everyone's confused and if everyone's confused they need an authority to tell them what's real and that authority is mainstream media and fucking doctors and uh <laughs> professors and and bernie sanders shit that, like no <laughs> that was concise and gorgeous man <laughs> we're gonna have like, to no. we're gonna have to have you on more <laughs> it's like we don't want that we don't we're rejecting your version of reality. I'm sorry. You know, I had a thing. I, uh, what was it? A, it was like a tune and, uh, this kid is complaining or, or the mom is like, um, you know, Timmy's, Timmy's operation is today, but I promise he'll be here soon. And the little girl goes, but you said Timmy would have his boobies in time for my birthday party. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like said like as a matter of fact. Oh, and uh, I had a girl who I used to is a comedy peer from LA and she just attacked me on my Instagram so hard. And she was like, you're literally, people are literally killing themselves oh, because gosh. of people like you. And I'm like, what is your argument? And she's like, I, you're, you're using your platform. That's the, I love when they do that. Oh, like the have more followers than them. They're suddenly you're a platform. <laughs> like, no, no. Instagram is a platform. This is, it is a platform, but I am me. I'm not yeah. using me. No, I'm I mean, me. I'm a user <laughs> on yeah. a platform. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like you're, you're using your platform. It's like, imagine telling someone, like, imagine being so self indulgent and narcissistic that you think that you can point out how someone's mismanaging their creative expression like <laughs> uh, like because you don't agree with their opinion yeah. they're suddenly using their entire platform the wrong way and uh and she was like you you need to just re-examine this and i'm like i simply said hey uh do you know there's a percentage of like young boys and girls who um want more attention from their parents because they find that the parent is giving the older person more attention or the younger person more attention. And that person happens to be the opposite sex. And they think if they act like that person, the, the, like the, if the boy acts like the girl, they'll get more attention. It's very short term thinking and it, and they might work, but turning that into a bridge conversation to chopping someone's dick off is insane. And the if the kid just goes to therapy, the therapist would eventually pull out from them that they're trying to get attention. Like mommy loves Maria better, yes. and I need to wear a dress. It's like very simple, but that's that skipping that. Pro I just told her that, and she was like, "You need to watch this Netflix documentary." <laughs> and oh I was, gosh, I was not only out, but I, the very next meme I wrote, Drew, I found a picture of her. 
I <laughs> drew her and I wrote, don't argue with me. I have a master's in Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so, well, yeah, people are trying to derail and try to live in their own little world. It's not just living in their world, like you said. It's trying to put that, force it on other people. And like, you should think this way. If you don't, you hate dead kids. You, you like guns, you hate dead kids. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you don't, you're not for universal health care. You hate sick people. Yeah, like, this is reduction, re, it's <laughs> retarded. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Like, I really want to bring that back that word and make it okay. Well, you so, can say it anytime you want on our show. I know, I know. We we, but, we have no magic words on the show. Like when we first started, it, it was kind of like, uh, like ah oh, man, like we got to be careful, like not careful about what we say, but like how offensive can we be? And then we drank some whiskey, and but afterwards, I was sitting there editing, and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, you can listen to in context, like, we've never done anything to anybody in our lives that could be construed as hateful or or bigoted or anything like that. So, fuck that shit. Like, I grew up with illegal aliens as some of my best friends. Like, no, I'm not going to – I'm not going to say N-word because that's a sneaky way for white people to say nigger. I mean, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to play that game. And I'm not going to, like – like, if you read 1984, you know they're they're editing the language. It's like, no, you can't do it. But – to the transgender stuff, it's like there's so – and I, I, I grew up in very religious communities, right? So I've actually seen the other side of this coin, but it's the same fucking coin is that they're so invested in their virtue being appreciated that they don't care what what damage or harm they cause to that end, mm. right? Like it's like <laughs> it's like, oh, my little two-year-old wants to take hormones. It's like – no, you want to be seen as some great white knight or some virtuous yeah. fucking, you know, savior. Yeah. And you're going to destroy your child yeah. so that you get your adulation. It's yeah, such it's a like selfish the, motivation. It, it's like I don't know who who came up with this, but it's uh it's like it's like uh people who have vegan dogs. It's like we know who's making the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Veganism's another one. <laughs> it's a fun one. <laughs> well, there's always just some new answer, and it should be shoved down our throat. And the world's ending in 12 years, so we better shape up, D- dude. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, we... people actually are running with that, and oh, I'm just I... like, do you know how many 12 year scenarios they already lost? Like, Every one. 12. You know, I was listening to some or watching. Uh, it was it was a liberal publications thing, and they were they, it was a podcast. I can't remember which one, like maybe a radio lab or something. But they were talking to these scientists that are actually up in the North Pole or Antarctic or down in Antarctica that are taking the samples. And it was funny because one of the things that they're talking to these scientists, right? And the, and the guy's like, "Look, man, like, yeah, global warming's real." He's like, "But we don't." Like, we haven't figured out how to model this shit yet. Like, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. We have 30 models, and they're all completely different. And we're not sure which one's the right one. It was interesting because it was like the, of course, the slant of the whole episode was very, you know, ah, the world's going to burn up because the CO2. Right. But when they actually talked to the scientists who are concerned, they were like, 
Yeah, but we don't have the answer for you. Like, there's one model that shows in 10 years we could be in some serious trouble. But we don't, like, we can't predict everything because we're not sure what factors we're missing. No model's been right so far because, like, it, there was one famous case where they, they had taken temperatures down in South America and they put them on the fucking top of black tar roof buildings. So they were getting readings that were like 40 degrees hotter. Humans are retarded. Humans, exactly. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the problem, the problem with that whole thing is that it's not only that some, like, it's been shown that some of the science has been really um, deceptive and not science at all. But oh yeah. Um, but even if you took the most real, the most valid models or numbers, and and took their prediction seriously, the red flag is never whether it's right or not. The red flag is when the government comes in and says they have the, they're the arbiter and they know that if we just move around a lot of wealth suddenly the temperatures are going to drop and um mm-hmm. we need a global welfare system and we also need to uh create a let's make a bridge to a global law let's do that <laughs> yeah. let's make environment the bridge to global law cuz because we are the environment also, let's add in that people's behavior is considered environment. Let's slip that in oh, and yeah. treat people like environment. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. I'm environment. I am environment. <laughs> like you can't. You're not going to identify out of that. <laughs> like so, it's all just this huge move. It's it's really a dark, disgusting, despicable act that a group of people that are unelected are doing and they're trying to sell. And it's just people have to reject it. I mean, they're really just trying to use it as a, it doesn't matter what the science is or isn't. It's how the interpretation of it is being used to expand government. And it's, and, and shaming people who disagree with whatever the proposal is. It's insane. It's like, uh, it's, like when Noam Chomsky used used to say peace process, talk about peace process, the linguistics uh, the linguistics behind uh, a, the foreign policies written specifically like that, like peace process. We're going to go in here and <laughs> spread some peace process. And if you disagreed with the methodology, yeah, you were against you're, peace. Yeah, you're, you're against, against peace. Like, what an asshole! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to no. save the world in twelve years. Yep, you must. No, I'm against. I'm against a government, a super government, an international government panel that's deciding our behaviors, our economics, and uh, and having a monopoly on whatever the new energy might be. Yeah, it's like that's all that it is. So stop pretending that they're they know what what's going to save the day. Yeah. You know. Plus, the biggest ridiculous thing about that is that government doesn't innovate fast enough for the changes that occur that are just natural disruptions from inventions and shit like that. Like someone invented something that pulls carbon out of the air and builds nanotubes that could eventually be used to build buildings or whatever. Like, you know, like, uh, the heat trapped from the extra CO2, um, can potentially be pulled and used. Um, the fact that there's more CO2 is making the earth greener. Like, there's all these like, all these like 
other aspects of what's going on and nobody talks about it from an innovative free market standpoint, which is just so silly. Um, and they're just going to lose. Yeah. Well, they have to, or it's going to be a really weird dystopian future that even George Orwell couldn't have predicted. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, eventually I feel like with technology, Everything will globalize, but it's it's not about avoiding connectivity, right? Yes. Or it's about preserving individual liberty. The reason yeah. – like I, I got into a conversation with someone about like the wall and like borders and theoretically like, like why you have borders. And I understand like it gets reduced to like, well, why do you have a lock on your door and so forth? Yeah. <laughs> thing is uh, – like if every country had the same respect for individual liberty and the 2A and First Amendment and all this stuff, I'm not sure if it would increase uh, free mobility or decrease because everyone – it would just be – you know, like just imagine if every, every place was as free – as America oh, yeah. on all all aspects. And nobody, I mean, people wouldn't you know, be trying to sneak in, they'd be taking vacations here. Right. Wouldn't that wouldn't wouldn't yeah. it be wouldn't it be different motives to go places? It would be like I oh. want to go visit that place, but it's not out of like this desperation. It's like no one seems to talk about like why are those places worth leaving versus why are you know, like, because you could easily just make a moral argument, be like, America's better, and that's why they're coming here. It's not fair to not let them in. It's like, yeah, that's a, it's a moral, emotional argument. But they, you're not getting into fixing. You should make their country so good that we might want to go visit. Yeah. Not, not make, you know, they're, you're not trying to fix anything. Like, you can't just make the rest of the world into shit. And, you know, there's some, like, way lefty arguments about, like, they call imperialism. Really, it's just the U.S. using tricky diplomacy to capture uh, resources, you know, yeah. in a certain way. Like, get, putting comp putting some smaller countries in debt, and then they can't pay the debt, and then they pay us in basically... Uh, resources. Resources at cost or lower or whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's some really tricky stuff. But it doesn't it, – but that's a separate conversation than do those people have individual liberty and protected rights or not? You know, like when people say like capitalism kills and blah, 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 and it's like they'll point to some other place, but they're not including – they're not saying like, well, do they have the same rights? Yeah. Because once to protect human rights and individual liberty, um, I feel like – Oh, when you pursue something, oh hey, and you, when you pursue something, and you're sorry, uh, you said you broke up for a second. You said personal uh, rights and liberty. Do they have those personal rights and liberties? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, when a country has personal liberty and rights protected, they are free to pursue something. And when people are free to pursue, they can create value. So there's something tied together between personal liberty and freedom and economics um, and basically capitalism because not corporatism not oligarchy uh real base capitalism stuff like 
how we interact, like as basic human beings who have under a hundred grand per year incomes. Like we, we have an idea. I want to make the baby sconce. You know, (laughs) I'm free to make the baby sconce. I might run into some legal issues or some uh, liability issues. So, but I'm free to do that. And there's resources to make that happen. And there's designers to work with and I pay them. They're free to work. And I'm for a wage. I pay them. And that freedom to pursue something, it's like that that being protected is what will build an, an economy. And it's just weird that people aren't piecing that together on a global scale. Like, Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, Mexico is a great example of that because one with the cartel influence and everything down there. I mean, one, they're not free. Like uh, I actually visited Mexico this last year for a cruise. But we went on a tour bus ride on the one day we stopped there and it's not free at all it's super it's weird because there's the poor people who live on government assistance and then there's the rich people that work for the government <laughs> that was it <laughs> that's where we're, that's where we're going and then there's the cartels who are rich because they behead everybody i mean it's just this it's it was weird though because you're like these people they want, like, if they had the opportunity, like you said, if their right to do something better was protected, they fucking would do it. But they can't. And even the farming stuff, like, they, their crops are mm. weird, the way they sell them, the government subsidizes, but then price controls them. I mean, it was just like, oh, man, I'm glad we live in America. And we were in uh, Ensenada, which is not a terrible area. It's a shithole. I mean, there's certain pockets that aren't horrible. But I mean, it was shit. Like the nicer parts were not nice. Like yeah. not like what you would hope for. Except for the they had a Walmart and a Costco, which were like pristine. Which yeah. it was fucking hilarious because <laughs> there's only two like nice American. <laughs> it was of course. It was, it was like, uh, <clears throat> that's interesting about the <clears throat> that gov- government. There's assistance, and then the people who are wealthier in the government. I <clears throat> recently read that. Um, well, there was literally that. There was the nice houses that were kind of on yeah. a hill, and I mean, the low rent apartments that made Detroit look like a luxury suburb. Right. Right. Those the the, the shitholes. I mean, I, we I we thought they were abandoned. They were completely full. Mm. That's how bad. Like they were wow. disgusting. Yeah, that's but, just the. But they were subsidized. The people on the hill, all government owned homes. It was part of your job. Part of your pay is. You get to live in those homes. Yeah, that's unfortunately <laughs> that's the government here is growing to to a size where that's not we're too big of a country for it to happen drastically. But for instance, uh, the government employs like two point seven million people, and Walmart employs two point three. So it's taking the biggest company <laughs> in the U.S. And the government employs more people than that company. And that, is That's that like federal level? Federal, every every everyone, every agency. Oh, every agency. Yeah, everything. But not so, but not state and county, right? Uh, I have to read the thing again. I'm not. Sh- I don't uh, think I that think does it, include. I don't. No, think no. It does. I think it included just like, like, yeah. I think it was just federal. But um, the indication was like, if you just imagine it, it's like the more. The more government jobs that replace regular private jobs, 
require tax, you know, um, to pay back the money that they spent into existence. And then when you run out, you're just in debt either way, but you're not being able to collect money because the businesses don't exist. Yeah, they don't generate the income that funds, you know, subsidizes those government positions. It's insane. Well, like in in California – you know, state government, county jobs, that kind of stuff. They're better than private sector jobs a lot of the time, unless you're in tech. But even in tech, I mean, some of the county jobs and stuff like that pay better than the tech jobs, you know, depending on what level you're at. And it, that's, I mean, it's like, like the people building iPhones are making less money than, you know, bus drivers. And, and that's not, nothing against those guys too. One of my best friends is a bus driver. Um, and that's actually a fucking miserable, like tough job. Like I would not want to do his job, but, it's that it's that contrast that people just don't like there's no concept of it it's like you don't realize what's happening here like those jobs are all subsidized by the other work and the other work's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and those jobs are getting better <laughs> you know yeah. their pensions are their pensions are insane like they yeah. they get paid 80% 100% you know like there's certain sheriff county sh- counties that have sheriff's departments that get like 120 percent. Yeah, it's Pinch. pretty frightening. It's really frightening. I see a lot of articles with like Andrew Yang, and I'm just like, people who post it, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? A fa- he's going to give us a thousand dollars each, and money's not going to just devalue. And then, how are, how are you going to make sure? That businesses don't increase their prices, knowing that the entire fucking country just got a thousand extra dollars a month. I do. Well, the one thing I thought was funny though, because his proposal does it. It eliminates supposedly, possibly. I was reading a Quillette article, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but the way his proposal would work is it does the basic income. But it also eliminates the welfare programs for the most part, except in extreme cases. Right. So it was the article – again, I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember that well. But essentially what they were saying is that the net impact of doing that could actually end up being better overall for people because the people that are productive would actually have additional income. But it would also widen the gap because the people that are not productive will now be getting less subsidy. So it would actually like just redirect wealth that's going to the people that are wealth like dependent on welfare to productive people. So the net result would almost be like it would be contrary to what he wants it to do, right? Instead of helping the most disadvantaged, it would actually devastate them, which I I mean I'm kind of okay with in some aspect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, getting rid of welfare is like ideal and that means it doesn't mean suddenly people don't have any food to eat, but that would be a goal. Like, however you can get there is yeah. like so what, a, you, if a you good have... motive. But um, that guy is looking at a computer screen and PowerPoint presentations, yeah. looking at graphs, <laughs> and he's pretending that if you give people money, that somehow makes them better at using it. Yeah, well, and he's also disconnected because he, ha- he doesn't struggle to pay his bills. So no, he forgets, no. like... I mean, me and my brother are laughing our asses off listening to that because we're like, he called, I think he called me. She was just that fucking idiot. Because <laughs> like, we live in the Bay Area, right? It's yeah. expensive. You know, like San Jose, I think, is now the most expensive place for a house. You know, but you're looking at 
three bedroom, two bath, you know, 1500 square foot houses on 5,000 square foot lots, six, that in, in San Jose are 1.2, 1.3 million dollars. In Palo Alto, we saw a house that was eight, eight or 900 square feet on a lot that's probably smaller than my house. And it was $1.4 million three years ago. And it was a, we, we found it on Zillow, drove by it. It was a shithole. It was like, it was like, it was abandoned, I think. It was, yeah. <laughs> so a thousand bucks a month. That no. pays your car payment, maybe. <laughs> no, it just it to just I mean the inflation and then the fact that um you would need to come in and the government would need to come in and determine what you could and couldn't spend that money on because people would misspend it. Oh, it would be like, Oh, a thousand dollars. Don't worry, no no no. This is gonna I'm gonna put it towards this thing and it's gonna make me even more money. I can't wait. I'm gonna use this thousand dollars for this stupid thing and they're gonna be wrong and then they're not gonna have any money and then they're gonna have to give they're gonna have to do the welfare program again on top of yes this because people you don't you if you don't teach people that's why like ninety nine percent of poor people who win the lottery Oh yeah, just, having money doesn't solve a problem. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Well, it's also you have to learn. It, it's yeah. in, it's insulting to go to people. Hey, look, what you need is a thousand bucks. To me, it's insulting. I'm like, I don't need a fucking thousand dollars from you. Actually, if you lower my taxes, that would be nice. I'd appreciate it. Like that would be like a thousand dollars. Yeah, that'd be helpful. Me and my brother, Five thousand. We we own our own construction company where we do doors and. It's like we work our asses off, man. Like we carry big ass doors. We do hospitals and schools and office buildings, that kind of stuff. It's like we work our asses off. I'm not looking for anything from anybody. I just want to do my work, be left alone, not have to pay exorbitant taxes, you know. And the more the inflation is driven up, the more my overhead goes up, my profit margins go down. You know, like, like we, we pay our bills, like we have, we make enough money to pay our bills. That's it. Don't have any fancy cars. <laughs> like my, my personal ride is my work van, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and it's, I, I don't need a fucking thousand dollars from you. What I need you to do is step back and let us be more free. Just let That's us do exactly our thing. It. We work yeah. hard. We don't do anything. We don't hurt anybody. Just let us do our thing. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and get. Tell other people they can do the same thing, you know, because I'll talk to young people that don't know what they're going to do and stuff like figure out something you like to do and do it. Like, yeah, just do it. Just, just start doing just it. Just do it. If you if you think – well, and the other thing is like with college, everybody has to go to college. This is the most fucking stupid thing I've ever heard. When I was in – I went to college for two years and I wanted to be an English teacher and then I found out how much that paid and I was already making more working in construction as I went to school. I was like, okay, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> But it was like the all my buddies and like it, they were like mo- some of them were going to do something right. Like they had a plan. I had a Vietnamese buddy that was going to be a lawyer. He's a fucking lawyer now. But then there was other guys. They were just partying for four years while their parents paid for everything. I'm like, you're just wasting your time, man. Like this, mm-hmm. you're not gonna. You're losing four years. Like you may think you're having fun, and that's, yeah. that's fine. Kind of. I think it's also damaging, though, because the absolute lack of benefit they're getting from it. Because all they really come back with is maybe a couple of abortions, some STDs, and an alcohol mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yep. And, and some couple- memories. They're like, oh, I miss college. 
Like, uh, have you ever seen Peter Thiel's whole spiel about uh, college? He just calls it a four-year party. He talks <laughs> about the education bubble and how I haven't heard that one, but yeah, he um, he was the one who he he funded and created PayPal, and he was the one who yeah. backed Trump right away. And he was like, uh, but he talked about the bubble and how you know the, it's a to- it's the worst scam. It's the best scam. It's the best it's scam, best scam. <laughs> ever. It's like you you make you just borrow a bunch of money that doesn't exist and you give it to someone for a category or field of study that a bank would never give you that money for because there's no return. Yeah. They'd be like, What? No, what the fuck what do you wait, I'm gonna give you fucking two hundred thousand dollars and you're gonna c- and you're going to pay me back by you graduating and calling everyone racist? Like how how are you going to pay me back? How are you paying me back? And then the government's like, I don't care. You're not paying me back. Your kids are probably paying you back. You're either going to kill yourself or you're going to you, – well, you can't go bankrupt. So we're sorry about that. It's unforgivable and what you're getting is theory in return for your money. And you're not going to be able to put it into skill, but you, what you you will be able to find some work uh, in the higher education um, <laughs> the, complex, the administration, and, <laughs> and administrative, <laughs> administrative bloated cancer tumor, uh, yeah, and or you can write for like a salon as an opinion person, like you can do either of those or both. You can yeah. do both until or you I, can be. Until hashtag learn to code comes along. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the chancellor, uh, the, the chancellor of uh, diversity at like Berkeley get paid $350,000 a year oh, to, to count skin colors in classes. It's like a like Which, one black, two black, one Asian, one lightly tan, one, I don't know what that is. Uh, Fairness. I, I actually think they call Asians superior whites now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they get it pretty bad. They're at the oh, dude. They, they super high IQs. They just naturally do things better because their their culture. They just stuck to their culture so hard, like yep. for thousands of years, and they have like they just are like hard work, hard work, hard work, and then um, and then they get punished <laughs> for it, and then. Yeah, they're just kind of like right. They're just yes, they're at the higher end of the the income bracket, but it's just like it's so bad. Just how it's the whole identitarian bullshit is just horrific. Oh yeah, it's, it's got to go away. It's gone away. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop saying we gotta fight them, and I'm just gonna start saying they're gone. It's over. Yeah, you're that. It's over. Yeah, it's over. And if someone brings it up, I'm like, no, that's over. What are you, an idiot? Why it's, are you bringing that up? Hey, that's over. It's work to push the environmental movement. It'll work yeah. for it. Like, we've, we've been really bad at using – the left has these tactics that we refuse to use because principally we're, they're adverse. But guess right. what? They Sometimes they work, man. Being funny and yeah. also saying what you believe. Oh, somehow that's actually persuasive. Yeah. Hmm. You know, like, because that's one thing, like, with the Ted Cruz type, they're so sanctimonious, but they're also afraid to be offensive. 
Yeah. No, it's they like, have to stop being so apologetic and be like, oh, shut up. Someone has to just be like, oh, shut up. Oh, dude. Well, when, simple. That's human. Yeah. Oh, shut up. You'd like, be in jail. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and it also makes people stop thinking you're fake because that's one thing that – like I've met a lot of people that are inherently um, you know, more traditional value type people. Mexi- I grew up with Mexicans, right? They're all Democrat across the board. They don't know why. They don't realize that they actually aren't. They just are because that's what they get told to do. But when it if they were to evaluate their values against that, they'd be like, "Ole puto, there's no way." <laughs> like, no, that's not what we believe. But one of the things I think that happens is that the left is very good at ingratiating themselves. They're good at going, "Hey, look, we're cool, man. Like, come with us." And the conservatives are like. Look there, young fella. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And they're like, I can't. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I'm going to pull me. I don't have bootstraps. I don't even have bootstraps. Yeah. 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 And, well, and then they're like, like, do you even cuss or anything? They're like, oh, no, no, no. We don't do any of that dirty stuff. Then they close the door and they're like, man, those guys are fucking idiots. You know, but yeah. it's like, well, yeah, you do. Like, we all know you do it. Stop pretending. Like, don't be somebody that you're not. I think that's the one thing, like not one thing, but the one of the most important things out of uh, Trump being president is that whoever the next president is and even the one after that and so on, at least for a time period, um, they're going to be stepping into some shoes that have less to do with accomplishment, even though that's there to to measure. Um, but it's more of uh, authenticity and human and being a human. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're going to be able to spot like bullshit. Like Trump can say some bullshit. Trump could say some really, you know, factually wrong things. But he's always saying it as he would normally say it. And he's yes. always being a human while he's saying it. And so the next person, it's not – Obama was a fake. Like he, he, I voted for him because he faked it so nicely. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, you're beautifully spoken. Like, yeah, yeah. He just does his pauses. He's just <laughs> jacking himself off the whole time. He's, oh, I hate him. Um, <laughs> but look, but that's look, the thing. look, look, young man. I think yeah, man. that you didn't really understand where I was coming from <laughs> with everything that I was saying. So let me oh, clarify for you. <laughs> it's just it's just such garbage and that's over. Like Yeah. Well that's I, over. They pulled a really dirty trick with Obama because I never I, I do not think that his prepared speeches are good. I never liked them. It's like they're too calculated. Like they're not authentic. He uses too so in English, like if um there's the passive and active voice, right? So it's like some there was an event that allowed this to happen. Or we did this and this happened. Active voice is that the one that takes responsibility, ownership, and it, it sh- you know exactly where it's coming from. Passive voice oh. is indirect. So even though it conveys the same exact thing, it doesn't in a way that doesn't assign responsibility or accountability. Politicians have been using that tactic for decades. It's it's literally it has a name that the I, passive. The passive. They only speak in the passive voice. If you you can break it right. down. Listen to George Bush, any of them. They only the only time they speak in the active voice is when they're off the cuff. 
but they do not speak. They speak in the passive voice 100% of the time in speeches. Obama would get up there and say, um, you know, there was an event that led to this tragedy, and now we're taking steps to appropriately address the issue. Trump mm. would get up there and be like, a hurricane came and fucked up the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> The difference is literally it's a grammatical it's a grammatical difference, but Ted Cruz does it. I mean, they all do the same voice, all of them. It's the, with that even George Bush, he fucked it up all the time, but he yeah, he'd slip out of it. There, there was an event. Um, I don't know, I don't know what it happened, but it was it happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was two planes that were flying along in the sky. <laughs> I don't know. I was reading a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, so they all do that. Trump doesn't. And that is one of the big, like, it's a weird, it's like a, something you wouldn't really notice. But I've been a fan of this, like, concept for a long time. Because I hate it. I try not to even write in the passive voice. Unless it's like, it flows better or something. But I actively pay attention to if I'm using it. Because, and if you pay attention, you'll notice, like, if your wife is mad at you, you'll automatically do it. I think I do it a lot. Um, I think my – I have a friend who holds me to the fire a lot, and he's the one – like, when you look at my older cartoons, he would just be like, yeah, it's cute. But he's just like, you're just still being such a pussy. Like, you're just <laughs> – you're not saying what it is. Like, you're not – actively he even used that term i think he comes from from english major too and he just was like you're not you're not you're not saying what's there you're just like dancing around it and being intellectual about it and <laughs> it's all it's all intellectual talk versus like here's the shit yeah like here's what's happening <clears throat> and i think that's something i um especially i'm doing a starting a youtube channel and i I am self-conscious about it because I'm, I spent so much time drawing and doing hyperbolic shit and very principle-based, but knowing that it's going to turn into this big intellectual orgy of people, you know, rephrasing all these things in their own <laughs> way and shit like that. But but that's such an important distinction because, like, that's power. Like, you have power – and it's not an invasive, terrible power. It's like a, a responsibility power oh, yeah. when you can speak from the active. A hundred percent. I am this. I'm doing this. And you can't blame me because I already said it. Like I said it. Well, it's the difference between are you saying it or is it being said? Right. That's literally like that's what it is. Is it being said by you or are you saying it? <laughs> That's interesting. I feel like that concept, I mean, that removes a lot of unnecessary things. I mean, even that statement just now was was passive because I'm saying I'm talking about No, no, you were you were active in the way you said it. No, that was oh, good. Okay. Yeah, it was good. No, don't overthink this. You, no, but I wanted I want to not overthink it, but I I do want to distinguish it so that I know um how to utilize it in a in a good way because it's like I do want people to have more responsibility and power, including myself. And uh, it's really easy to dance around and remove and be a fly on the wall because oh. it's safe. And you just yeah. – all the talk shows are that. And it's all this top-down like 
Oh, that's happening. That's happening. <laughs> I think I think that's actually back to like Owen. Like one of his criticisms is like the the Ben Shapiro's and those guys. They're all very smart and analytical, but they're still not the active one. They have a degree of separation from it. Yeah, they're just like well, I'm just. I mean, over there. And what are you doing, guys? Peterson even falls into that category yeah. because it's talking about it as a theory, not as an action. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's where Owen deserves. Him, Alex Jones. I don't know. Are you familiar with Michael Savage? Yeah, he's my favorite. Personally. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to send him a book because my book name is Savage Memes, so it's pretty perfect. Oh, he would love that. And he's and he's comedic and just straight to the point. He's not afraid to be called any name in the book. And nope. it's just like I don't care if you're right or wrong. If more people are like that, that's what people have to. We have to understand is that the more actively we are saying what we think is right or wrong or true it doesn't it helps if we're right but it's more important that we all say exactly just boldly just be like well fuck that like yeah just this is what i believe yeah prove me wrong because that's (laughs) that's american like that's a i feel like that alone is the most american thing you can do because you're you're using free speech directly and actively you're not you're just saying it and you're saying, no, you're, if you're going to take it wrong, it's on you. Fuck off. Like I'm saying this. <laughs> exactly. Well, if it's, you, it's one of the things they've done like with, like you can't have an honest conversation about race, right? Because they, they've turned it into such a safe, safe space. Mm-hmm. And the worst part of it is now you have a bunch of people that are biased or bigoted or hateful or racist and we don't know who they are anymore. <laughs> We used to know. We used to know who those fuckers were. And now we can't even figure out who they are so we can point out that they're assholes. Because everybody just says N-word and they're so careful about it. I'm like, hmm, you said it. And I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's that thing of where you're sitting there going, like, how do we correct this idea? And how do we keep more people from going to it if we can't find who's spreading it in the first place? Like you like the like a silver tongue guy like uh, Richard Spencer, you know the alt right, the guy mm-hmm. that literally created the term alt right. Yeah, right. He, you know, with him, he's very good at the passive voice. He's very indirect, intentionally though, because he says stuff that sounds like it's making sense, and gets a bunch of people looking for something other than what they're getting. And he, of course, he's been called out, but. But only kind of because he is so slippery. Like you can't point to him and really nail him down on being a racist. Right. right? He's a politician though, basically. He's just not running for office. Exactly. But he's getting people to go – now a very, very tiny, minute amount of people have gone along with it. Yeah. But the people that have, one of the things they're impressed by is how how well he speaks. He doesn't speak well. He speaks deceptively. And there's a huge difference – like – that passive voice, right? Politicians, the founders of the country used it too. It's a, been a problem forever. It's rhetoric, right? It's it, like, yeah, it's, it's a, a rhetorical way of speech. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem with it is like, if, like, if you were to go to Ernest Hemingway and hand him like uh, a legal document from any politician, you'd be like, that's shit English. I don't know what they mean. Like, they're not making a point. The good writers literally write the opposite way. They write in the active voice. So it's you have like the the political speech, which is passive, and then you have uh, literature, which is always active. 
because they're actually saying something. They're trying to dig into a deeper truth. The politicians are trying not to say something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tiptoe around the. But as our culture descends into like this collective political speak, it hmm. now makes it hard to point out where people are wrong or even to find out if you're wrong. Because if, say, you're racist, like you don't like, let's say, let's not pick an easy one. Like, let's say you don't like Thai people specifically. Mm-hmm. You do not like Thai people. But you never say it to anybody except close friends and people that agree with you. How yeah. are you going to get called to the floor to defend your position if nobody who is Thai or likes Thai people or knows Thai people is ever th- ever knows that you hold these positions? You could you could go to a Thai restaurant every day and they never know that you hate their guts, <laughs> you know, for their immutable characteristics. So it's mm. like I'd rather that person's like I hate Thais. Mm. Because then you can go, well, why? And you can go, okay, let's let's see what your reasoning is. Make it yeah. make sense. And in that, a lot of times you get exposed for what does like when you, when you have a bad argument and you get called out on it, it's pretty embarrassing because all of a sudden you realize you have a bad argument. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you worst. can never have the argument, these they, people go into hiding and become all sorts of people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's just a. Uh, uh, minimizing the 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 uh, range of acceptable discourse. Yes, on purpose. On yeah, purpose. On purpose. With yeah. in, with with malicious intent. Yeah, with a political. It's a weapon. Yeah, I think that's a. I feel like that's such a simple task to give people, like to really. Oh, oh, oh hold on one second. You you pause there. You were at simple task. <laughs> yeah, simple task is just just saying that, saying what you what you saying what you want, and stop hiding around it. And it'll be better for everyone. Uh, the more people we can get to just say what they want, because it's it just takes way more energy to do the passive hiding stuff. Like it's it's not going to be that bad when you say what you want. Yeah. I, rem- I remember I remember going that transition from like being sort of lefty and doing this safe, cute, cartoony stuff and then be like, holy shit, I actually have some more to say, but I have all these friends who are super lefty and I'm going to be called all these names and all right and all this shit. And I was just like, it's just not worth not saying what you want. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it's pretty much central, I mean – uh, to to all art and everything. I mean, I mean, there's deceptive passive art and and shit. But um, I, I'm so inspired by that because it's so simple and anyone can do it. And it and it reduces all of us to citizens. And it doesn't mean it's like it almost doesn't matter who you vote for as long as we can. Uh, revitalize that key element yeah. uh just saying what you want and trusting that the other person's going to be fine with they don't have to agree but you know they'll be fine yeah. we're all we'll all be fine if you say what you <laughs> we'll <Yeah. all> be- <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point well i think that's the what that 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 uh the uh the sanctity of feelings has become like crippling <laughs> feelings is feelings is shit so pa- so talk about passive it's like it exists for like 
maybe seven seconds a feeling like a, a feeling i felt i felt disrespected it's like you felt disrespect that's actually active language you felt disrespected they yeah. they didn't feel you disrespected you felt you yeah. was you yeah they're actually that's the one time they take your responsibility is yeah. <laughs> is when they make the choice to be offended <laughs> i uh, uh. shot up i have a hard time between distinguishing whether it's like better to shame them and embarrass them or be like don't you see that you're that's all a choice that's your choice like i'm getting to the point where i'm just like shot like i just want to do that annoying white guy shut up (laughs) (laughs) just like so male and just like (laughs) it's such an ugly like dumb caveman response but it's so true yes. it's like the most honest <laughs> shut up like yeah <laughs> I, I think we need more i think we more, need more of that it's basically like everyone f- skipped the whole generation uh skipped the bullying and humility on a playground that gave us our our sense of like oh don't do that or that was stupid or like yeah, th- there's, a, sure. there's a thing that gets worked out there and uh and it's just it's been skipped over it's being protected and no they 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 rewarded they started rewarding the shit that used to get your ass kicked yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they started to vilify the stuff that used to be like you know boys being boys right that's yeah. evil that's uh, yeah, it's evil. like no if they're not boys, they're going to shoot up a school when they're 17 because they can't get pussy because they never learned how to be a boy. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, I got to wrap this up. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate you staying on so long. I, that's oh, one of the longest podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it was a great conversation. I like all these topics. And um. yeah, so, oh, yeah. Well, I have a book. and um, Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> it's uh, It's called Savage Memes. It's basically my favorite collection of the most cutting um, images that I drew from my account, some of which have uh, been censored from my account, so they're not on the account, and some of which who that I've never posted anywhere. So those all exist, including my some of my favorites. It's 100 pages. It's a hardcover. It's a great book for yourself, and um, it's a good pl- – book to just have around for people who might not fully agree with your stuff. It's a way to interact with ideas in a fun way. That's not so inflammatory, but just inflammatory enough where everyone will get a kick out of it. So savage memes, volume one made by Jim Bob.com. It'll be the first thing to pop up. Um, if you want free shipping, um, for those of you listening, just type in the code word Liberty. And um, you'll get free shipping. Sweet. And then on uh, all social media, YouTube, it's made at Jim Bob. Made by. Oh, made by Jim. Wow. At made yeah. by. I meant to say at made yeah, by Jim Bob. Me. I put the at yeah. somewhere else. Um, at made by Jim Bob. And you're launching a YouTube channel too, right? Yeah, I'm going to do a YouTube channel. It'll. Uh, well, you've got an uh, awesome music video on there already. <laughs> Yeah, my friend uh, Travis Wesley, uh, he's a musical genius, and he, he gets into like some animation stuff too. He does a lot of fun stuff, and uh, he wrote that song, and it's super catchy. And uh, I'll be using that partially probably for my, my intro. I have no idea what the YouTube channel is going to be. Um, 
but it'll probably be like this, like talk more about topics. It might be more condensed. Um, I would love to just do like Bernie Sanders impersonations and <laughs> kind of pick, pick and choose from my favorite podcast people and kind of just um, mimic them. But in my own unique way, I have this idea because I don't have I don't have Bernie Sanders uh, like mask or a puppet, um, and it takes too long to animate. So I'm I think I'm going to create this character called Bernie Handers, and it's just a hand puppet <laughs> I love with that. white hair. But I can do his voice okay, so I feel like it's just a funny reduced version that can, I can always have like I love ready. That. That's so, awesome. I love that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm just finding, like, figuring out new fun things to do and, and on there. So, yeah, so check that out. I haven't even – I have a couple of videos up, but they're not in the new, like, format that I'm going to be doing, which is, like, proper looking at looking at a camera, podcast, talking. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. That's awesome, dude. Well, I can't wait to see it because it sounds it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. I'll have guests on if I can figure it out. Like, I actually don't like. I don't know if I'm. I need like a an embedder or whatever they call it. Like, I want to just do YouTube live stream, but be able to like call someone. Oh, and just do spot and do the chat with them. Yeah, and have the window show up. Um, but I don't know if I need an extra like app that then goes through the, like it's i think it's all simple but i haven't interacted with the new tech in so long that i'm just like uh <laughs> just i want to i just want it to be simple but be able to like call like have someone call in and be a guest yeah that's all i need but now, that that, that, that shouldn't be too hard i i couldn't tell you exactly how to do it but publicarian might be able to okay i'll ask i'll bug him yeah uh well i'll i'll try to figure it out too I figured out how to do the podcasting just by Googling shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> took me, took me a lot of hours, yeah. <laughs> but I did it. All right. Well, Jim, Bob, that was a pleasure. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah. And thank you. And uh, so you just cut this or post it immediately or what? 